Welcome to episode 589 of the PS Nation podcast. Another night recording for us as we're getting back on a somewhat normal schedule of life. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Um, with you, as always, Josh Langford. That's me. <laughs> and Michael Swick. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Just Josh doing his thing. So. All right. Um, nothing important to talk about today. Michael can leave here. He doesn't have anything that he needs to tell us. There's no reason that anybody was waiting for this podcast to post, right? No, no yeah. No. There, there's no reason we're recording on a Sunday. None at all. <laughs> Making me wait to talk about Forsaken stuff so you can talk about your dumb Spider-Man game. Yeah. That, that, that Spider-Man game. <laughs> yes. All right. So obviously, if you're tuning into this podcast, it should be releasing on the fourth, which is a couple of days before Spider-Man. So, f- uh, f- uh, spoiler warning: right now, if you um, don't want to hear anything about Spider-Man, just go away until you play the game. But we will be, or Michael will be reviewing Spider-Man. It'll be today. spoiler-free. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise Josh will beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> let's get into the nuts and bolts and get that out of the way really quick. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast, however you're listening to it. If you're uh, subscribing to the RSS feed on our website at psnation.com, you can, where you can just click the RSS feed subscription and it'll send emails directly to your inbox. Uh, you can also find us on just about every podcast service out there. If it is on a service, if we are not on a service that you would like to have us on, please let us know other than um what's it called page not spotify Patreon. uh spotify that's what it's <laughs> called because we're still running through some hoops for that but if there are other services that you cannot find us on please let us know and we will see if we can rectify that um while you're there though please if you're on itunes or stitcher or google play or whatever leave us a review give us a rating it helps us um even if it's a bad rating since somebody thinks i complain about working nights <laughs> Uh, but neither here nor there. So if you could leave us a rating, that would be beneficial. It moves us up the charts in some ways that I don't really understand. Uh, same thing with Stitcher. Uh, it'll put us up faster in the video games or hobby section as well. So help us out there. Please just take 30 seconds, even if it's you just give us a certain amount of stars and don't feel like writing something. Please also don't think that I don't have to do the rating because somebody else is doing it. People aren't doing it. So please yeah. help us. <laughs> yeah. That always helps. Yeah. Um, I live off five-star reviews. I need them. <laughs> you can also go to psnation.com for the contact us section on the page where there you can send us an email to podcast at psnation.com. Um, we will. We haven't got an email in a little while, so obviously, you know, I, I know the Ask PS Nation stuff is working really well, but sometimes an email is mm-hmm. nice because you get to go a little farther than on Twitter. Uh, well, Facebook doesn't have a limitation, but send us an email. It makes Michael feel good. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Twitter, you can follow us at PS Nation for the main account. Um, you can also go to the, uh, you can follow Michael at the First MJC. You can follow Josh at PJF Josh, and you can follow myself at the Destiny Dave. While you're at psnation.com, you can go to the forums where there's random conversations going on in the forums. I was doing a little bit of pushing for Destiny 2 over the weekend or last week. We'll get to that news story in a little bit. Uh, and there's also like recent pickups, deals, um, you know, like a flash sale hit the PSN this weekend. Forums a good place to find that stuff, and it's not filled with a bunch of like crazy, you know, thousand comments on anything like that. You can have a real conversation with somebody if you want to. Um, you can support us at psnation.com. Um, going down the left side of the page going to the affiliate links there's multiple stores that are there click on one of those stores do your shopping as normal maybe your last minute back to school things because most of the kids go back to school this week um, or last week and then you can get some stuff wherever it's from and it doesn't change how you shop but we get a commission for that Uh, you can also go to zazzle.com slash psnation where there are still t-shirts there oh shit (laughs) 
that have ten uh. <laughs> year anniversary shirts that might 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 be down by the fifteenth year anniversary. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that's how he's I can never remember it when we're not recording. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how you plan uh. to celebrate episode one thousand is taking away the tenth anniversary <laughs> shirts. Maybe. Yeah. Wait. How far? Where, where are we at? Five eighty nine. Yeah, we're a little uh, bits yeah. away. <clears throat> no, well, we're almost to 600. Maybe by then I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> video services, twitch.tv slash psnation, where we are an affiliated Twitch channel. So um, the affiliation means that you can sub to us if you choose. If you have Amazon Prime, um, you can sub to us for free with your Prime membership. You link Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime. Or, I'm sorry, you link Amazon Prime and Twitch, and you get something called Twitch Prime. With Twitch Prime, you can uh, get a free sub, and you can choose to use that on whoever you please. Using that on us is greatly appreciated. A, del- a free, delicious sub. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, something else I found out today as well as part of your Twitch Prime loot is that um, we've talked about bits before. Uh, Twitch is uh, their, their digital currency. There's a new um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series that's streaming on Amazon. If you watch one episode, Twitch Prime will give you 400 bits for free. So really? if you get if you get those four hundred <laughs> bits for free, and you choose to d- donate those to anybody, maybe us, that would be beneficial. I think four hundred bits might. I, I, it's either four dollars or it's forty cents. I don't remember, but you know, forty cents times however many people listen to this podcast that have Prime would be pretty beneficial. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I can't watch so. Jack Ryan because I just see Jim from The Office doing Tom Clancy <laughs> stuff, and it confuses me. I, I just can't see. Do the it. best thing is. I can watch Jack Ryan because I haven't watched that travesty of an office Fuck ripoff. You, uh, so, <laughs> so I'm all good with. And it's funny because I the first time I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, that guy from the fake office." Okay, you mean almost uh, Captain America? Um, but that oh my gosh, that would have been worse. There's him and Chris um, Evans for Captain America. Damn it, respect geez. him. Jeez. Well, I'm glad that uh, uh, what's his face, Robert Downey Jr., convinced Chris Evans to do it. Yeah. He wasn't going to do it because he had such a bad experience with Fantastic Four. Uh, but I saw a trailer for that, and I was like, wow, okay, you know what? I could probably get into this. I enjoyed how, you, the- how did you not see a trailer for that if you're on Twitter? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was promoted uh, like crazy on my timeline. So No, not on mine. I'm, no. I'm on a weird timeline. You know what? I've, I've backed off. I've started. I've figured out how to... Well, I always knew how to, but I never bothered with it. But I figured out that I really should start muting words and phrases and things. So my timeline has gotten a lot nicer <laughs> than it was and a lot less. It's just a lot nicer. I'll just say that. Um, and it's a lot more pleasant now. It's still all fucked up in the way it does not do anything chronologically. But uh, I like it a little bit better now. And... Josh is like I, I actually want to look at my timeline. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I saw the the trailer for it because I don't watch commercials and I don't watch trailers and stuff. I it just I came across it one day and watched a little bit of it and I was like, oh shit, you know what? I might be able to get into this. So I wanted to watch it and I opened up Netflix. I'm like, wait, it isn't on Netflix. Where is it? Then I was like, oh, it's probably on Amazon, isn't it? I mean, the trailer didn't do enough to. To get me to remember, remember that it was on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I figured that sure out. Make sure your so. account is linked, Josh, and just drop those bits for us, and that'd be appreciated. Yeah. So. Uh, YouTube.com slash PS Nation is the other video service that we use. There's a couple. There's The last thing that's up there is the Warface stream from Josh's perspective. 
um, that went pretty well. And we do, um, if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, I'm going to give you just a quick, Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going to give you a quick one more warning that you can still get in on the last Warface code because we told people they had seven days. So you have a couple more days to, I think yeah. on Thursday we're drawing a winner. So podcast is posting a little earlier this week than normal because of some web-slinging guy in a red pajamas. Um, so you can still maybe get in on that Warface code, which is a $75 code for the uh, early access content. Uh, even without the early access part, there's a lot of weapons and things like that in there, and boosters and everything like that. So and, and your odds are good because... There's like four people that have done it so far. <laughs> Two. Uh, Two people have posted in the forums saying they would love a Warface code. So right now, it's 50-50 odds. One of them is going to get it unless other people jump in here and take a shot. Your odds are really good at getting it right now. So uh, go to that post for episode 588 on the forums and you know get in there and ask for it. We must not have done a very good job talking about that game last week if only two people went in there and had wanted the code. I guess not. I don't know. I guess they don't understand. $75 worth of stuff. Yeah. So. All right. So now a newly broken up release list for Mr. Langford. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we only have eight games this week, or eight items this week coming out. Uh, but they're broken out across four days for uh, whatever. Okay. So. Starting on Sunday, uh, that would be September 9th, we have the Turtle Beach Recon 200 Amplified Gaming Headset. Uh, that is $59.95. It's designed for PS4 and Xbox One specifically, but it also works with basically anything. Switch, PC, mobile devices, whatever. It's got a rechargeable battery-powered amplifier. It's optimized with Windows Sonic surround sound for Xbox One and compatible Windows 10 PCs. So there is something specific in there with the special Windows surround sound uh, if you have an Xbox. Uh, but otherwise, for whatever reason, did you see this one, Dave? Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures right now. There's, they showed me a lot of their headphones. They have this, like I'm looking at the pictures too, the, the, <laughs> the form factor that they have going on with the headphones right now. These are very mm-hmm. close to those Stealth 300s that um, okay. that we have a review uh, in draft for. Um, the That little flip forward thing, this one just looks like it has a little bit of a stronger... Um, more durable headband and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what I do remember from um, the what do you call it the the appointment that i had with him is that they are focusing heavily on these price points and these headphones for like 59.99 79.99 like these are like that core price point because of like Fortnite and these free to play games and stuff like that that people are getting introduced to and then they realize that they want to play duos or they want to play squads and stuff like that and they're not going to go to the store and drop $300 or $250 on a pair of headphones like yeah you know like I have a hard time looking at some of these headphones and like they're the, the the quality of them though is pretty good. But when you start comparing them to some of the higher end stuff that we've been given access to, you're like, these are nice, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I but they're good for the price. That's yeah. the whole point. These are and these would be great. Like the the, the Turtle Beach was nice enough to you know uh, Glenn's doing the review on the Stealth three hundreds, but they were nice enough to send them to me as well and. Um, I actually gave them to Jonathan uh, for his dorm. I talked about him briefly on the podcast like two or three weeks ago, but um, uh, I gave him the, um, the the set for his dorm, and he hasn't really had any problems with it or anything like that. So he seems to like them. The these ones I think are battery powered, though. The ones that yeah, these, yeah. So you will have yep. to change the batteries out on them. But or it also, rechargeable battery. 
Okay. Oh, so they're rechargeable. Yeah, mine. Yeah. Was, when they first showed me some, they showed me some with like changeable batteries, like double A's or whatever, and I was like, ooh, man, um, <laughs> yikes. So, but they must have like made a made a change to them. So, yeah. So the plug right into the you know the recharging of them helps to have like the fifty millimeter versus the forty millimeter drivers. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that, and then that, that's a black version, and then there's white version as well, same price. This white version was made for that new Xbox, though. Like, that, I mean, it, obviously it works because they, you know, Turtle Beach doesn't want to alienate themselves. So if you don't like black headphones, then get the white ones. But there was a whole marketing campaign behind a new white Xbox Elite controller and a white console, which I feel like they've always had a white console or, or the S. Or no, maybe it's the first time the X is white. Well, the S was white. Oh, but the X was not. Yeah, you're right. correct. So. Yeah. But I don't know white headphones, and like I feel like they would be dirty so fast. <laughs> mm, yeah, possibly. Okay, then we get to Tuesday, September eleventh. Uh, we have V Rally Four for fifty nine ninety nine, rated E. This is from Big Ben Interactive. The developer is Kiloton or Kiloton. Uh, that's those guys. Uh, they did TT Isle of Man and the recent WRC games. So they're, they've done a bunch of rally games recently. Uh, there's very little information on this, even on their official website, which is a little worrisome to me, at least. Um, the only thing that's really on the official website is, a, is an announcement trailer. Which is, on, really, which is on our site as well. Yeah, there isn't really a whole lot of deep information about the game. All I could get really was that there are over 50 car models and that there are career and online modes. That's all I know. Uh, Then we have NBA 2K19, the regular old boring version for $59.99. The the sucker version because you didn't buy it early. Let's call it the Uh, D-League version. (laughs) This is $59.99 and it's rated E. And then uh, Square Enix is getting into the act here. Wednesday, September 12th, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Croft Steelbook Edition for eighty nine ninety nine. So I this I one you're getting, <laughs> you're getting two-day early access. So you're two days early. Uh, it includes the season pass, which is good. Uh, because the season pass actually sounds like it's going to be worthwhile. There are seven challenge tombs and narrative side missions being built in. Um, so seven weapons, seven outfits, seven skills. Skills are a big part of this game. Uh, you get the original game soundtrack, the outfit and weapon packs, the steelbook packaging, and three collectible art cards. Plus you get a couple of two days early yeah it's an interesting price point though like how much is the season pass just by itself do we know i do not know but this okay. makes it 30 bucks right but then you're still getting the steelbook and you're still getting a couple other collectible things in there and so a bunch i would, of other stuff, I would yeah. have to guess that maybe the season pass would be 20 or 25 solo which is not Possibly, a terrible yeah. price for a season pass if it has all the stuff that you're saying that's in it 29.99 yeah. for the season pass oh so wow. you're getting everything else just for free then well yeah then, so yeah, there's no reason for you not to buy the steelbook version if you're interested in this game. If, you get you yeah. get the two day early access, the season pass, and a bunch of other collectible stuff. So yeah, and it's, and it's a known quantity in terms of like the Tomb Raider games. So you know what you're getting yeah. 
they they've yeah. been consistent with the, the this franchise so far. So it's definitely worth yeah. it if you're into Tomb Raider. Yep. So that's Wednesday. Then Friday, September fourteenth, we have a game called Black Clover Quartet Knights for huh. fifty nine ninety nine, rated T. This is from Bandai Namco. It is the oh. first video game based on the Black Clover anime. Oh. And that is a world where magic is real. The name sounded very interesting. And then you kept saying who's making it in an anime, and I just lost interest so much faster. <laughs> well, get your Harry Potter on, because it's a third-person shooter with magic. So it's, it's Destiny. F- yeah, it's 4v4 Destiny's matches. It's a first-person shooter. That's yeah. same thing. Same thing. <laughs> So this is 4v4 matches, third-person shooter with magic, basically. Uh, And if you're into Black Clover, this might be your thing. So Uh, Then we have the regular old uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider limited steelbook edition. I don't see just a regular edition, at least not at Amazon. I I think I've determined that this is just shiny plastic. Mm, Possibly. (laughs) This is $59.99, of course. It's rated M. Uh, Black Clover is rated T, by the way, if anybody actually cares. Uh, I always say that, but I don't know if anybody cares. Um, the Steelbook, the fifty nine ninety five or fifty nine ninety nine Steelbook Limited Steelbook Edition, uh, includes the three collectible art cards and that same Steelbook that you'd get in the early edition. Um, so this is when the game officially comes out. Is September twelfth. And also on September 12th, or actually September 14th, I'm sorry, (laughs) September 14th, September 12th was the early edition. On September 14th, we also have NHL 19 for $59.99, and that is E10+. I think that is the only sports game that is not rated E. It's because there's punching in it, Josh. I guess so. I I couldn't think of any other reason. (laughs) Um, it's a violent, violent video game. There's like yeah. one naughty song. That, that's all. So it is. this dude, they, they've done I, like NBA's done like a rap album like by Jay Z and stuff like that, and that hasn't caused their rating to go down. Yeah, who knows? Well, that was the th- that was the thing. Like with NBA, when I saw NBA 2K, I was like, wait, what's that one again? That's E. Oh, okay. So it's not the music. It has to be the the fighting. I mean, I it's a game where people are running around with knives on their feet. That sounds very dangerous. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I there was. I don't know if you guys know about this. If you know much about hockey, but when I was back in college, I think it was, um, one of the goaltenders. I think he was playing for Buffalo at the time, and his name escapes me at the moment. I I used to know it. Um, the goalie went down to make a save, and as he fell, one of the forwards came past him and you know tried to avoid him lifted his skate cut his jugular see e10 plus right there literally cut his jugular the guy grabbed his throat and kind of doubled over and the trainer was off the bench instantly and shuffling running across the ice with towels in his hands wrapped the towels tightly around his neck and just held it there and they got him off the the trainer basically saved his life. He would have been dead because you, I mean, there's video of it. It's horrendous. You could see it like as he's holding his hand there, the goalie before anybody gets to him, you could see his heartbeat <clears throat> because every time his heartbeat, 
a huge squirt of blood would come out and then another huge squirt of blood would come out. It was horrible. <clears throat> but yeah, bad cuts and things like that happen in hockey. So yes, knives on their feet yep. is it, in blood. blood. The, the game has blood. <laughs> I'm sure the game has blood. Uh, no, I don't think it does anymore. People with okay. missing teeth are scary <clears throat> to children. Not, <laughs> not since, uh, they wear those not mouth since... guards with like the fake white tooth in them. Not why they play though. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> like Sean Couturier for the Flyers, he's missing his two front teeth, and he never wears his his fake teeth during the season. He's just always missing those teeth because why bother? Um, but uh, I don't think there's been blood since NHL '94, where you know from uh, slackers or slackers from. Sing, oh, what the fuck is the name of that movie with uh, the director of Iron Man and the other guy? <laughs> Their first movie, Swingers. <clears throat> Swingers, Vegas, baby, Vegas, uh, where they were playing NHL. And that was the big thing. I'm going to make Gretzky's head bleed. Watch me make Gretzky bleed. Yeah. And th- they haven't had any blood in there since, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. I hope we're getting a uh, review copy of NHL. I'll have to ask. But um, we haven't heard anything yet. So we'll see. All right. Let's get into some of the news quickly, and then we'll get to everybody can go to sleep while Michael talks. So. <laughs> yeah, because people don't want to hear about Spider Man, Dave. <laughs> All right. Battlefield 5 delayed until November. Uh, Battlefield 5 has been delayed 30 days. It was scheduled to release like October, late October, October 20th or 22nd. And now it is being pushed back to November 20th. The alleged th- thing that was on Twitter when this was announced was they're running away from Red Dead. No. I have a theory on this. <laughs> I don't think they're running away from Red Dead. I think their Battle Royale mode is going to be re- delayed as well. And they're just pushing back the release date. So that gap of time between the actual release of the game and their Battle Royale mode isn't too far apart. Yeah, We're going to release Battle Royale in January. And it sounds better if the game comes out in late November than late October. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> it could be something as like simple as that. Because we haven't heard much about their Battle Royale mode since they just throughout one line during e3 and just like well, well to be f- yeah and to be fair like i feel like november like i always like i know this sounds terrible but i always correlated call of duty with election day like together because they always seem to release on election day like november 8th or november 4th and election day is on a tuesday anyway so um but it feels like those and then like assassin's creed i always felt like it was like november 10th through like the 18th and there was always that stuff that was trying to get out before black friday i feel like that entire window of releasing has been pushed forward farther and farther and farther like into October and if you really look at that November time frame of like the 8th to the 22nd it was pretty bleak so it's actually a pretty good time to release it yeah yeah and then you can hype it up all Thanksgiving or whatever it comes out on the Tuesday I think the Tuesday before Thanksgiving so then the only thing that sucks for them is that it's probably going to be full price on Black Friday but you you want your game out to the widest audience possible and you're going to position it, you know, so that it will succeed. That's the whole point. And whether it's because more work needs to be done on it or whether it is because red dead is going to take over that entire air, that entire window that, you know, you want your game to succeed. So it's smarter to move it for whatever reason. 
either it needs more work or Red Dead, you know? Yeah. I, I, so I was listening to the Giant Bombcast this week, and they talked about this. And one of them brought up a point of just like, do you think Battlefield or EA in particular have the balls enough to make the Battle Royale mode free? Like, Depending on how much loot boxes or microtransactions hmm. they yeah. put, yeah. I would say, yeah. They would, because EA's big on those. Yeah, like, do you think if... But but are, or would they be too afraid because of the Star Wars loot box fiasco to even consider releasing another game with, like, loot boxes that are heavy? It's it? the, but it's the same conversation we've always had. I feel like if something is 100% free to play, throwing all those microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff like that in it and is is totally different than if I'm paying $60 oh, or yeah. something. No, same here, but I, if EA wants to have their name mentioned with loot boxes this soon or they if should they just make just... a minion battle royale game and they'll be fine. Make it on mobile and you know. I, I hate the minions, but I would probably play that. <laughs> I, I would I would play minion or smurf battle royale. <laughs> smurf battle royale. Smurf battle royale would be amazing. Wouldn't it? It'd yeah, be fantastic. It would. Like, so, speaking of loot boxes, <laughs> next story for Michael. Yep. So a couple, oh God, was that last year? Um, some countries in Europe were talking about how they were going to look into how loot boxes are happening. And Belgium has decided to stop Blizzard from selling loot boxes for real money. So, Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm, you can no longer buy loot boxes with actual money. You can still unlock them through the in-game currency, but you cannot buy in-game currency anymore. And it looks like Belgium and another country are going to do this, and it's just a weird weird thing for a, a game, like big games like this to have to do that. But it's interesting to see that, like, the like the loot box craze seems to have calmed down in the U.S., but it looks like in Europe the, the the at least their government officials are at least sticking to their guns in terms of like no, we are going to put a stop to loot boxes in terms of just you know because it's it's just another form of gambling pretty much, and there's a lot of mobile games that have loot boxes that people actually use for money laundering. So it's one of those things where uh, <laughs> there's a reason why some governments want to step in on this. And it looks like they are, they targeted Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm, which are two huge loot box money makers. They're nowhere on the, near the level of like a Dota. Uh, but it's, I guess... But so like, I guess what I would wonder though is like in Belgium though, like can you buy Dota loot boxes? That's, that's the question. Is like It looks like Blizzard was the first games that got... Uh, hit with yeah, this because if I'm Blizzard, I'm like, hey, you're letting them do it. Yeah, exactly. You're letting <laughs> Steam get away with doing this. You're letting yeah. Valve do it. So it's going to be interesting to see if Belgium's just going to go from like game to game or set like an actual law because it looks like this is just them like working something out with Blizzard of just like, hey, can you just remove in-game purchases from your game? And Blizzard, I guess, was. It must be a big enough market in Belgium that Blizzard is like, okay, we'll do this. Or it means the market is so small in Belgium that they're like, ah, fine, whatever. We'll, we'll patch that out. Well, Belgium is a very small country. Yeah, it's, so it must... In terms of Europe size, even. Yeah, it, it just... Something must have happened that Blizzard either yeah. got a little freaked out by this or they you know, saw the margins and were just like, oh, we're fine. We'll, 
we'll just easily just remove this. But it could point zero zero three percent of our business won't hurt us that bad. <laughs> exactly, and this could start a president a president's of like what other countries are going to do. I doubt this is going to hit that point in the U.S. because most of the politicians here forgot about the loot box stuff, you know, once the holiday there, season there's was over. slightly more important things for the politicians to worry about. There is, right but, but there is... But, but <laughs> I remember, think they're going to have a real hard time doing anything with a free enterprise country. Exactly. It's it's this funny, though, because, like, during the Star Wars chaos, that, that was, like, the talking point for all of them. Uh, yeah. Like, I have no problem with it, but I have self-control. You know, when it comes to microtransactions, so it's I've never seen it as a problem, but I know a lot of people cannot control themselves, and there's a lot of kids that will just steal their parents' credit cards and mm, yeah. just buy up and run up like because you hear stories about kids running up like the phone bill, thousands of dollars because they're just buying microtransactions because they either don't care that they're spending money or have no idea they're spending actual money. <laughs> did you hear about well, that kid that um, like did really good at school or did really good at their summer chores or whatever? She was like six or seven years old and her parents like gave her the tablet and said, okay, go to Amazon and pick one toy and she dropped like three grand on toys. Because the they had the one click to buy thing. It turned out to be a pretty good story because they ended up I don't know how well off the family is or isn't. But obviously, they're pretty well off. They can somebody can order three grand of toys and uh, for their card or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But they ended up actually like donating the toys. It turned into like some kind of big story, but they ended up donating them to like a really worthy cause. Because I don't well, know if Amazon takes their toys back. Like some of those some of those toy policies are kind of weird. How awkward well, I, was that? Like two days later, when all those packages came rolling in, they're just oh, like, they took Damn. pictures of her standing. Like the boxes were like taller than her and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Shit. Um, well, I was gonna say like this. This problem really has been around for a long time. When we were kids, and the arcade games, the there was a we called it the little store. There was literally a small store built into a house around the corner from like a block away from me in the middle of a neighborhood. <clears throat> it was one of those types of little deli stores. And, you know, we went down the shore one summer, we come back and there are, there's a pinball machine and an arcade game there. And we were like, what? <laughs> they have arcade games here now? And they would switch them out every couple of months. Well, when they got moon patrol in there, one of my friends went to his grandmother's house, who was a couple blocks away, stole $100 from her purse Whatever. somewhere, yeah. brought it back, and just kept getting quarters and just played and played, and because that had continues on it. And he kept continuing the game until he got all the way to the end of the, the world, basically, and it rolled over because we had never seen that. And he continued on in the second world and kept pumping the quarters in. He spent the entire $100 on that game in several hours. It was insane. We all stood there watching him like, where'd he get this money? Oh, shit. <laughs> it was really bad. But this, I mean, kids have been doing this shit forever. Well, yeah, so. And again, like going back to like last week's like the Warface thing, like you die and it costs you money to rest yeah. yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. That's true. I mean, it's just kind of how stuff is now. Like, and they're making some stuff look really, really cool. And like to where it's like, like you said, Josh, last week when you were talking about Madden a little bit, it's like it'll save you six hours, but it's two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and that's the thing. I'm never going to spend that money because I don't care enough about yeah. 
the shit that it's giving me. You know, it's giving you packs of cards of these players. And they're all quote unquote randomized. And at the same time, I'm like, I just, I don't care. I don't need, I, you know, I'll just yeah. unlock them as I go. I just, I just get concerned about so much control over this. Cause like to me, like a loot box is no different than 20 years ago going to buy a pack of baseball cards. Kind, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of see that, but at the same time, kind of. Yeah. How many duplicate baseball cards did you guys have? Oh shit! I had so, so many. many. Yeah, especially. So why do we complain? Why do we complain about a duplicate gun skin? But you know what? For my Star Wars cards, I have the uh, the C three PO with the boner. I do too. I have that too. I have. Do you? Yeah, I have that somewhere. That's Nerd. awesome. Nerd. Yeah, mine. Well, mine is in. <laughs> mint condition i didn't realize like somebody pointed it out to me as a kid they're like he's got a i'm like no no that's just that's not and i i refuse to believe it or or even see it and then finally years later somebody mentioned it again and i was like i think i have that card and i pulled it up i'm like oh shit yeah that's wow (laughs) really (laughs) is all right so we'll see if this goes any farther. But uh, now a story that Josh hadn't heard about until about 20 minutes ago. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. Josh. All right. Well, I was going to launch into everybody about this, but I can see a little bit of... All right. So let me get into it. So Spider-Man po- Spider-Man's Puddlegate controversy taking over social media this week. Uh, so somebody on Reddit, of course, the cesspool of the internet... Uh, boy, uh, they, prefer the word, they, pre- they prefer the word salt, sir. <laughs> okay. oh, I just thought their slogan was Internet's asshole. <laughs> um, so <laughs> somebody grabbed two screenshots of the game, one from E3 at some point, either last year or this year, and one from the release. I don't know how they got a release screenshot of the game, since I didn't think any of those were supposed to be out yet. Uh, but they compared them side by side and said, look, the puddles are smaller. And because of that, they've downgraded the, the game's graphics, which if that's your evidence, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I have to say. That's absurd. I, I mean, games go through changes as they're developed and where uh, I've seen this. Like, I've seen games two years early, and where things are placed in the environment change from version to version sometimes as they're working on the game. Because a puddle is here in this one doesn't mean the puddle is going to be there in in the final version. Or it means they made the puddle smaller and you got three extra enemies to fight. But not even that sometimes. It's it's just that the art department was looking at it and said, you know what, I this I don't like that. I'm gonna move this and I'm gonna change this and I'm gonna add this and I'm gonna you know, it, half the time it doesn't have anything to do with performance. It's the aesthetics of the game. Yeah, and, that they're working and, and that's how exactly uh, James Stephen, the community manager, responded. Like like the puddles haven't moved uh the puddles being moved had nothing to do with performance. Yeah. Uh, and then he responded, you know, or James Stevens responded to someone else who asked then why and he said pretty sure it was design art usability reason uh definitely wasn't a performance uh issue as we have spots with tons of puddles in the game with no performance (laughs) issues this is the fact that he has to go out there and be like we have tons of puddles and they do and that's the thing yeah it's it's people just looking for a problem and and just spoiling for a fight and wanting to to rip into things and this is why i have 
This my is why Twitter's Josh doesn't look nicer. at trailers and doesn't <laughs> well, read Reddit. And yeah, and and this is why my Twitter has become much nicer now because I'm avoiding all this bullshit that goes on. All this just people yelling about nothing, just nothing that is going to affect your life in any meaningful way. And, and- to get this worked up about something like this that you don't even know whether this is actually the case. Yeah, it's absurd. And I don't think people realize, like, when you attack the developers this way, this is why there's behind closed doors demos at E3 is because they know fans (laughs) don't understand or they know there will be that vocal minority that are going to just dissect it too much and not understand it. Like, hey, when we were showing you this concept trailer or something. It was a concept, or this was just something yeah. we were showing to to build excitement. The game might change three years down the road. That's why people yeah. had to wait so yeah. long just to get the the cyberpunk video because I'm sure they went through and all that sorts still of got ripped to shreds by the public. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So don't get so, mad at E3 when you just see a logo for a game because it's your fault. <laughs> no, pretty much. Yeah, when you just see a logo and you're like, "Oh, they didn't show anything," it's because they know if they show something now, well, they're going to either have to build a vertical slice and then polish that to hell, and then when they actually make the entire experience, they might have to change things. You know, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Was it you, Michael, that said like uh, when they announced the new uh, Elder Scrolls game that there was no way they would ever show the name because if they showed the name, it gives away like thirty percent of what they're trying to like accom- like they're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Yeah. If they if they they give away the name, then it just it gets rid of like all the mystique, and then it just turns into a dissection thing by the fans, and it's just better to keep them guessing as opposed to just laying out your your hand right away. Yeah. Now, the the one place where I, I'm I'm not going to rip in so much because I can understand that people are probably a little on edge after what happened with Watch Dogs, after what happened with No Man's Sky, after what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. So, you know, there there is some precedence out there. But we're talking about Insomniac. Insomniac as a company has never given us any reason I don't think. I mean they, you know, if if you see what they showed off as concept stuff for resistance, fall of man versus what actually came out, people were flipping out about that, but it was concept stuff. Like it wasn't the game. You know, this this is what happens with games. They have their ideas, they iterate on their ideas, they they work on them and what we see as press early and and we get that talk too every single time because it's gonna break yeah they don't know who sitting in there is this might be the first demo they've ever sat in on versus somebody who's been doing this for six years or seven years that they know walking into these things things can break things are not going to look the same when the final game comes out this entire thing that we're looking at may not even be in the final game (laughs) when it comes out, which Naughty Dog is amazing at that. Naughty Dog will show you stuff behind closed doors. And then when you play it in the final game, things are all different. You know, you'll walk into that area and you're like, oh, I know where I'm going. And suddenly it's different. You're like, yeah, I fully expect that counter, that encounter that we saw Ellie in for Last of Us 2 to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might or it might not be. That's the thing. You never know with Naughty Dog. And, and, and it's really interesting because I've gotten to see some of these things and, you know, I, I 
go through them at E3, and I've I've played through stuff. I played through stuff in Uncharted Four with uh, Josh Schur, the one of the game directors uh, or writers actually, and we were talking about all these different things. And then when I played it, when the final game came out, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> they changed that, and they changed this. <laughs> like I could see it right there when I played the final game, but it doesn't mean anything about you know, they've downgraded something or they like, even with no man's sky, their mistake was, this is what we want it to be. This is what we expect it to be. And they didn't have the time or the money or the manpower to get that done. It took them a couple of years to do it, but they've gotten to that point now, you know, no man's sky would be completely perceived differently if they just slept early access on top of that game. Oh yeah. Like completely different. Or if they had never shown what it was going to be, <laughs> like if they had never shown that concept stuff and said, this is what, you know, we, this is our vision for No Man's Sky. And that's what did them in, you know, so and this is why a lot of developers do closed door things and are very skittish about showing things. And, and they show very, they work forever on these trailers because they know every last second of it is going to get dissected. And in in particular with the Spider-Man one, the screenshots they're comparing, there is a different, there is a noticeable thing with like the shadows a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it could have just been the artists uh, or, you know, everyone on the team seeing that how shadowy and dark it kind of looks in the original trailer. And then they wanted to go with a more brightened vibe. And then they realized, well, it might not look good with all the puddles there that they brightened everything up. So let's just remove some of those. Like there's so many different variations of why they made that decision that anyone that like, there are people that are saying that they're canceling their pre-order over this downgrade. Those people (laughs) probably never had the game pre-ordered in the first place. Like even if they did uh, fuck them, you know, you, you told them, you know, like the the game is not going to sell fifty million copies, right? Yeah. I'd love for I'd love for a developer to come out and say, "Well, the demo that we showed you was at eleven o'clock in the afternoon. When that person was playing, it was like four o'clock, so it drained a little bit." Did you see? Um, so during uh, PAX, which has been this weekend, uh, they were showing there was an anthem pan- uh, panel, and the Bioware people said like. There's an 80 to 90% chance that the puddles you see in here will be completely changed, removed, or different when Anthem comes out next year. So, yeah. so, I don't want to beat a dead horse, that. but this is why when we see a trailer, we see the uh, you know build in progress or this game is completely played on a PlayStation yeah. 4 Pro. Like They have to put these caveats in these trailers now because people are just yeah. ripping them to shreds. Well, I saw, I cannot remember the game right now off off the top of my head, but I saw a game at E3 one time that, you know, it didn't come out for two or three years, but when it came out, the whole thing had changed. It didn't even look remotely like they, they were going in one direction with the art style, not like the group one direction, but they were going in one direction with the art style. And then somewhere along the line, they decided that doesn't work for the story we're trying to tell. And they completely changed it to a, an entirely different art style, entirely different game, where I didn't recognize it when it came out. I was like, wait. And then I started to see story elements. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's that game? I saw? That's a, that doesn't even look like that game. That's a totally different game than the one I saw two years ago. That's false advertising, Josh. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I should have sued him. <laughs> I mean, on, right. That's just what happens when you're making games. It's, you know, whatever. And then you also it's wonder why there's no, like, like where why, oh, a game's not doing well if the embargo's the day it releases and stuff. Like, no, because dumb shit like this happens. <laughs> yeah. stuff, stuff leaks, and the company's like, you know, there's no such thing as bad press except for when you have smaller puddles. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> All right. PlayStation Plus for September 2018. Sorry, I was just reading a title. Next month. <laughs> uh, real quick, the Knowledge is Power is uh, available through November 6th. And then the Here They Lie, uh, the PSVR game, is through October mm. 2nd. So October 2nd, we should be getting a new VR game. November 6th, we might get a new PlayLink game or something like that if that continues. So uh, for the PlayStation 4, Destiny 2, just the base game. It's available now. So whenever <laughs> you're listening to this, it's available. You don't have to wait for the store to update or anything like that. This is only the base game. doesn't include Expansion 1 or Expansion 2. So this is only the base game. Uh, so if I get that, I can. there's a single-player part that I could play with just this, right? Correct. Or do I yeah. need no, those other a, things at there's all? There's a story. There's there's a really okay. good story. Okay. So, I mean, as it, if you're one of these people that's like, I don't want to get sucked into this game, I don't want to get drowned in this game, but if you want to play a good 9 to 12-hour story, it's there. Like, I mean, start. I already have the game, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, if I was just walking into this, yeah. if if I get this, I'm not immediately having to buy all mm-hmm. the other stuff. Your friends unless, just might not want to play with you. Exactly. <laughs> unless I want to play with yeah. people and I don't have that other stuff. Right. So okay. you will run into some situations. Um, this has to be to get people to pre-order and buy Forsaken. Um, there's no financial benefit to you as a consumer for getting this version of the game. Because if you want to play Forsaken, Forsaken costs $40 by itself. And then the expansions 1 and 2, um, Curse of Osiris and Warmind, are $20. And it costs 60 bucks for you to buy the game. Or you can just buy the Legendary version um, on the PlayStation Store, which includes all the content and the Forsaken. So this is literally just a, here, demo, try it out. It is 75 gigs right now. <laughs> <laughs> and when you download it, you have to download everything. So you can't just download the base game. So if you have a data cap or anything like that, be warned. It is worth a download for you, though, for free. If you have plus, like, I, you know, if you want to just play the game, play through the story and put it down and walk away, I feel like you'll be satisfied for spending zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I hope so. And as much as I give Destiny shit, it's a great shooter. Like, it, it yeah. is a great shooter. You, you tell me there's a story in this one this time. So it would be interesting <laughs> to, to play it with a story. And not yeah every, yeah. every time I've played it at at one of these events, I've really enjoyed it. It's but, a great shooter. You know, I'm I'm always iffy on getting into jumping in while everybody's at level 52, yeah. and I'm I'm at, I'm just starting out. You know, it is, it's, so. it's, it's a soluble campaign too, as well. Like it's not like something you're going to feel overwhelmed or wish you had somebody else with you. Like it's the mm-hmm. the campaign is soluble to the point of where if if when you play the campaign with three people, which I tend to do a lot. I always kind of feel like the campaign's like too easy, but part of that is because mm. other than the base game, I'm usually thirty points higher than because like right now I'm I'm at you know three eighty five plus or whatever, and when Forsaken comes out next week, like most of the content I'll be playing will be power level three fifty three sixty. So because not everybody's at max light, you know max power when they go to the next expansion. So D- max power, he's the man. <laughs> D- does the game have matchmaking of any kind that you can take advantage of the influx of new players that will be coming through for PlayStation uh, Plus? 
in in Crucible and the PvP it does. Um, in some of the strike playlists and things like that that you'd be playing, it does. But there is no matchmaking for you to go. I want to play this campaign mission. There's no matchmaking. For okay, that. yeah, I was more interested in like the the strikes. So it's good to know that the strikes yeah. have matchmaking. So I'm not going to get matched up with someone who's just like at your level who's yeah. just going to kill everything before I get a chance to like reload <laughs> right. my gun. Well, it, it also it also appears that they're being they're walking a very fine line. They've been announcing stuff over the last couple of weeks. They're walking this fine line because I still remember having this conversation with Glenn before where they're like, oh, if you didn't, when I reviewed Taking King on the podcast years ago, like where they put a wall <laughs> or drew a line in the sand of like, okay, you don't own Taking King, you don't get to do any of this stuff. And your end game has been nerfed to nothing to where there's different playlists based on your power level in the game to where if I'm 350, 360, I can't, I can't go back and play the level 240 strikes. It won't, they won't be available for me. But they'll still be available for like a PlayStation Plus user that's maybe on the fence about it. So you won't run into that situation where you'll get match made with a with a maximum power player and you're like minimum. So that's good. It's worth a download, guys. Like I, as much crap as you guys all give me, and I know that I play Destiny two and it's one of my favorite games. Like this campaign is worth it for your time. So uh, another oh, game, that, <laughs> another game that I think is worth the time. God of War three remastered. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, it's God of War. Like, if you played the new God of War for the first time and you're curious about other stories, beautiful game. Play the game. Um, Except if you're in the Middle your... East. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Oh, Tooth and Tail. They get Tooth and Tail. Instead of God of War 3, <laughs> which Tooth and Tail might be a fine game. But <laughs> it's, it's not God of War. It's not God of War. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation yeah. 3 owners. Uh, Another World 20th Anniversary Edition. Cross by. PS4 and Vita. That is a fantastic game. That it, it it's important in the history of video games. Let also, me, let also me, known as Out of This World. Yeah, or yeah, and Outer World. Um, so let me couch it in that it was a 1991 game, and it was an adventure game, and it was like the precursor to Flashback, which just came out on the Switch. Um, which they did like a remake of for the PS3 at some point. That was a huge Sega Genesis game. Um, that one did a lot of rotoscoping for for the animation, and the animation was just spectacular in it. And that's what made this such a big deal. It was such a cool sci-fi adventure game, and the animation in it was amazing. So in terms of history of video games, this is a big one. Uh, playing it, you might look at it and be like, what? Really? But remember, it's from 1991, and it was cutting edge at the time. And well, it's- I have good news for you. You can just download it on the Vita and play it on a smaller screen, and maybe you won't see all the craziness from it. <laughs> no, you still will, but it's also cross-by to PS4, yep. So, which is cool. The, I mean, all of these, the rest of these are cross-by yep. to PS4, so you can play all of them. Um, but this is a big one, so yeah. I would strongly recommend that at least to try it out just to get a taste of a seminal moment in gaming history all right um the other game for ps3 also crossed by with ps4 like josh mentioned is cube director cut director's cut uh keith uh reviewed this game when he was still writing for us they've done a terrific job at iterating on their own mechanics to increase the puzzle difficulty and the plot is interesting uh playstation vita foul Foul Play, also cross by on PS4. Play as a uh, Dame. 
Demon Hunter, Baron, Dashforth, and his side-scrolling co-op brawler set entirely on the grand spectacle of a theater stage that rewards performance over pummeling. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, this was all set like like on a stage. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that was oh fuck. Yeah, I think I have this. I never got to play it. <laughs> okay. Um and last one is uh Sparkle Two, again, crossed by PS4 and PS3. Uh, Chaz wrote the review on this one. A very pleasant surprise at an astonishingly addictive game that truly excels in the audio department. Nice. So that is your PS Plus lineup for September. Um, and that is it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So at PAX, um, right before PAX, actually, uh, we don't really have, they didn't release much but a, a brief trailer, and they don't really have a lot of console information yet. But Streets of Rage 4 is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. That's Sounds like crazy. it was playable at PAX. Um, I'm guessing it was probably the PC build. So there's been some pretty positive vibes coming out of PAX for that one. So it's pretty interesting that it's already been playable. So. Well, it's funny because I I was playing the crap out of Streets of Rage 2 because it's part of that Genesis collection. So Streets of Rage 1, 2, and maybe even 3 are on that Genesis collection if I remember right. Um, and those were just really fun, side-scrolling, beat-em-up type games. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're making a fourth one now is crazy. The third one came out... When did that come out? 1994. <laughs> so 14 years now, later. Or wait, 24 years later. <laughs> yeah, 24 years later. My math is terrible um i forgot my gazintas so 24 years later they're making a sequel to it which is pretty awesome um i just kind of hope it's good <laughs> the art style was a little <clears throat> little off i actually like have fond memories of playing streets of rage on my brother's sega genesis those are like some of my early gaming memories is playing streets of rage and like final fight uh mm-hmm. the it's been published and developed by dot emu who brought Windjammers and who are also making Windjammers too and lizard cube who were the developers of wonder boy the dragon's trap oh yeah yeah so it's decent pedigree in terms of publisher developer combination so i'm optimistic hopefully they can nail like the music and everything like that because the music's really important to like streets of rage so they yeah. need to get that down and then i'll be That's happy cool. it's time for somebody to do another beat em up ninja turtle game it's time yeah, especially because yeah. uh, if you don't have it downloaded on the PS3, they pulled that license. So yeah, and that one wasn't that good, anyways. Yeah. All right. So uh, what we're playing and watching. Um, I'll go first. Mine's not very long. Um, I played um, so Destiny Two. Obviously, part of the it being free was a push for they had a twenty four hour access to Gambit. Like I talked about last week, Gambit Hashtag is the not high- my Gambit. <laughs> I loved your I loved your uh, your gift too, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, Gambit is a four v four mode. It's a PVE PVE PVP. I'm sorry. It is four v four PVE PVP hybrid. So there are situations where you spawn in. You both are on the exact same map, but you're on the exact same looking map, but you're both playing at the same time. You're killing enemies, um, environmental enemies to get moats. You're collecting moats. Every time you collect a certain amount of moats, you drop them in the bank in the middle of the map. 
it starts to to increase the score when you get your score up to well as you're depositing those moats if you deposit five of them it sends a small blocker to the other side to the other team's map if you de- if you deposit 10 it sends a medium and then 15 sends a large while there's a blocker up on your on the other team's map they cannot deposit any moats in the into the center so their bank closes until they kill that blocker and then it opens back up if somebody dies while carrying the moats they lose all the moats so that you know then they're not really like repick upable um so there's a strategy to that of I know I make up words pick up a ball I hear you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of a strategy to it risk reward you're carrying a lot of moats you get to you get to bank a lot of moats but you also are you know run the risk of e- either dying or as you're progressing through the score once you get to 20 once um, 25 moats are deposited you can send a player from your team onto the other map there's a portal that opens you can jump through and then that's where the pvp aspect comes in because you know in destiny right now if it you know if you're playing destiny you'll see another player's name it'll say like the first mjc and it'll say their xp level and so yeah this is this this getting the moats and throwing somebody onto the other side this has been around you've talked about this before though right yeah i played at e3 oh okay that's why Gotcha. Yeah, Gambit was announced at E3. So, <clears throat> so then, I knew it was the sound of familiar. Yeah, so the portal opens, and then you can ju- you can r- run through the portal. Now, like I was saying, like if, if if Michael and I are playing together, it'll just tell me that Michael's level thirty or level twenty five or whatever next to his name. Now, when you're playing Gambit, it'll actually show you how many moats the player is carrying. So you'll see four players on the map, and you can see Josh has eight moats, and I have fifteen moats. And I'm about to go spawn hey. a, a big blocker, and they're going to target. <laughs> they're going to target the guy with the highest moats. You kill him, and his moats uh, hit the ground. The other players can't pick it up, but you can. You can pick mm. his moats up. So you're only on the other team, or you're only invading for like 30 seconds, and then it, it's right, the game. So I want less moats. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be targeted. So but there's there's a whole bunch of strategy to it, and things like that. It's again like everything else with Destiny. It requires it, playing it solo is hard because you're matchmaking with other players. Uh, you're not communicating with those other players. You're matchmaking unless you join the team voice channel. But um, as you're going through, like there's a, there's a lot of strategy to it. Of like maybe one person stays really far back and kills a lot of things, and somebody else picks up the moats, and then you're 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 paying attention for the invader. So there's a lot of teamwork. When you get up to 75 moats uh, deposited, you spawn a boss, a huge prime evil, on your map, on your side, and the goal is to kill the prime evil first. So the first person, the first team to kill their prime evil wins the round. Uh, the huge caveat to it is when your prime evil is up. So if we're on our team and our prime evil's up, we're killing our prime evil. The other team can send another player over continuously. They can send one at a time. But the map, the the cooldowns like ten seconds after the player dies, the portal will open again. If <laughs> the other team kills you, and you've seen this all over Twitter, if you follow Destiny, they say death heals prime evil. Like like it's like they're they keep saying that death heals prime evil. So if I go over and their prime evil is half dead, and I kill the whole team, their prime evil is back to full health. <laughs> so <It's> fucked up <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of strategy to it why they're like holding on to power they're okay the portal's open who has the most ammo who has their super because like you know like if you go over there with a warlock with like dawn blade super where he throws solar swords at people and they track <laughs> so like they're, so he's in the air throwing these things and all of a sudden you have this yellow bar that goes from 20 percent back up to 100 percent. like you know it's mm. and then there's all these buffs and all this other crazy stuff but it's 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 just it's a lot of fun. It needs some work. I played it a lot on Saturday. Um, they turned off the join in progress, um, 
and that it has. So, like, if there was a situation where we railed this team first, it was like a, it was a group of three and a single guy, and we the, my team just destroyed him. And then when you're in the loading screen, you just saw those other three players leave. So this guy was by himself, and he's in a four v one scenario, and there's no oh, join geez. in progress. They have tweeted out that there's going to be a join in progress. They had to turn it off with the preview build because it caused a bug. God, I hope they can fix this, fix this bug in three days. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was kind of cool. Like, in it, like there was a lot of players in there. You know, we had I had a good I streamed it. Um, I had fun playing with a lot of the clan mates. Got Glenn on there. Got a couple other people on there. So it's 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 cool. Um, it's probably something you're not going to see me play often the first couple of days because I'm going to be focused on the story. But I was really. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it sucked. There was only one map. It was the same map that I saw at E3. I was hoping for more areas, and it was a lot of Cabal and Fallen. But I wish there was a couple more enemy races. But I'm pretty excited for Tuesday. So um, Really? <laughs> <laughs> shut it, Josh. Um, and then uh, that's really all I got a chance to play. I was, you know, I've taken some time off next week, so when when I take time off in retail, you kind of got to work a little bit more. But I've been a lot in my car a lot, and I'm still listening to Console Wars because it's like a 22 hour book. Mm. <laughs> it's just yeah. fascinating with the stuff that's going on in Console Wars. Like, whereas they're kind of progressing through, like the. I'm at the point in the book where like both Sega and Nintendo are courting Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that. Yeah, and, and it's like, <laughs> but at the time, like the Mariners are owned by Nintendo, you know. So it was, yeah. It's just, it's just funny, and like just hearing all the ins and out of marketing and how Sega's moving up, and it's just fascinating to me that they essentially took the guy that was the face of marketing for Barbie, and he's the face of Sega of marketing, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, if you're good, you're good. Build a successful brand. Yeah. Yeah. Just all the the you know so some people said some of the stories in there are fabricated. Like I'm entertained by this book. Like it's even if it's only ninety percent true, I'm sure like it'd be like any movie you watch. But it's it's just really cool. Yeah. And as I get a little farther, my wife's lo- loving it too. And I didn't think she would, but she's kind of treating it like a little min- mini history lesson. Because <laughs> she, she, she's like, well, I recognize some of those names. So. Yeah, it's it's a mix of research and people's recollections. Mm-hmm. Now people's recollections aren't going to be a hundred percent accurate, but. You know, you you talk to multiple people who were at the same place at the same time, and you kind of sift through it and kind of get to as much truth as you can. So, yeah. but it is it's fascinating because Sega um, Sega America versus Sega Japan. Oh yeah, and <laughs> that's the big story there. That's the big chunk of the story is how blind Sega Japan was to the rest of the world, and how big a market America was, and the the guerrilla marketing and the that what they scrappy did startup attitude yeah yeah all <laughs> the the way they did things was amazing and it really made the genesis a force to be reckoned with and made i mean they were making all the money for the company and when it came around to the saturn you haven't gotten there yet no i just um, got i'm at the point in the book where they're they're telling um olaf is telling kalinsky that they're that they're sony and sega aren't joining that's literally where i am so that was that whole thing was insane um because that's a cool aside that gets thrown in there but the just the the stupidity i'm sorry there's no other way to say it but the stupidity of sega japan and the 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 stubbornness stubbornness yeah the just because they're like well you know it's our company and we know what we're doing and they really didn't and they fucked up the Saturn so bad 
when and the 32x too they get into that as well and all that and it's amazing to hear all that and just how quickly it all went downhill yeah i mean i I, i'm not there yet how far does it go like does it go all the way to dreamcast or no it gets Uh, close to that Okay. Close, yeah. It's it's somewhere yeah. after the Saturn, um, it kind of dies out because that's when the main people were ousted. Yeah. Essentially, the part that's like the most fascinating to me too was when he like flew to Japan. Uh, Kalinsky flew to Japan after he'd been in the office for like you know three, four, five months or whatever, and his like state of what I've learned thing of what he wanted to do, and they were all fighting, and his boss is like, "Fine, just do it," and then it, it turned out that he found out later that his boss like trusted him more than any of his Japanese advisors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> just, it's just so cool. Like it's, I mean, it, like I said, we started listening to the book, uh, on the way home, um, from dropping my son off in Kentucky. So it was a six hour drive. So we got a huge six hour chunk of my wife and I listening to it. And it's, she, I was, she was ahead of me for a while and she's like poking at me. She's like, you got to catch up. I got questions. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't use audible app, um, and I, we have a thing like PlayStation Nation has a thing like I'm not even talking about that like I don't even care. Audible app as itself is just great because it gives you credits like every like four to six weeks and books don't cost that many credits. Like they're continuously trying hmm. to get you. I don't think I've spent a dime on Audible and I've gotten Ready Player One and I've gotten um, Armada and now wow. Console Wars. My wife's gotten a couple books and there's always promos like buy one get one free. You know, you, or you spend one credit get one credit free. We, we picked up a couple of books. I have to start using dog. that again. So, I haven't used it in a while. I don't know if you could listen to books while you work, Josh, but I know that you used to you listen to it a lot when you like took the train and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm in a car like 20, 25 minutes a day, both ways. So like an hour usually. Longer than that on rush hour. So, you know, I listen to a book for an hour a day. So. Yeah. But, I've, I've found I'd, I'd rather read, but for something like World War Z, mm-hmm. um, the way that was done, because World War Z, the book is drastically different than the movie the movie it's actually good yeah the (laughs) movie was horrendous the book is amazing um because the book was told as uh this un inspector guy who's sitting down something like 20 years after the war uh to sit down and get recollections and gather information from across the globe of all these different people and their stories. And each chapter is a section of is, is a a location on the globe and a person or persons and their story of what happened and when the North Mm -hmm. Korean one is so good. It's my favorite one. It's the shortest chapter, but it's amazing. That one is awesome. (laughs) So you're saying the world Um, war Z audiobook is good. Yeah. Because the way they did it, because it was Max Brooks and he is the son of Mel Brooks and, and Bancroft and, He's he has all these connections in his own right, but he's got a lot of connections also because his his family. I, I talked to him about that. I met him at Comic Con one year. I was walking by one of the booths and he was just standing there packing books up and I was like, Max? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah. And we just talked for like an hour. Um so he got major Hollywood Martin Scorsese does one of the chapters. He he got all these major Hollywood people to be the voice of the person in the chapter. So, like, Nathan Fillion is, I think he does the Yonkers one, the Battle of Yonkers, and he's a soldier, a U.S. soldier, talking about the Battle of Yonkers and how it all went to shit. Um, but it's really cool because he gets all these great people to do, to voice all the different people in each chapter, so it comes to life in a way that 
most audiobooks don't, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like one person reading. Um, yeah, it just the format fits really well for it, so it's yeah, excellent. Like, who's ever reading Console Wars too does a really good job of like you can tell when I mean it's he does he does a, a very good like Japanese accent or makes mm-hmm. you're, you're aware of, like when a female is talking versus somebody just reading it like at a monotone level. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm very entertained by it. So yeah, Console That's Wars good. is worth recommending even if you're recommending to someone who doesn't like video games because there's like the Ken Griffey story is interesting outside of the video game aspect. I believe they talk about like the Mike Tyson thing. Yeah, where, Buster Douglas, Mike yeah. Tyson, yeah. Coke vs. Pepsi. They brought the <laughs> yep. team. They brought the team. Like they thought for sure, like the team that had done the Nike Just Do It. They thought they were going to be like Sega's main contributor, and it ended up being some small firm that did their next level stuff. And the Sega guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> that, 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 yep. that Sega story is fascinating. Yes, that, that voice work guy. He was sick, and they literally called him in and said. We just need you to scream Sega like a hundred times, and he's like, "Excuse me." <laughs> and then Kalinsky yeah. was like, "They tell the story through Tom Kalinsky, who is the president of Sega America, where he was picking his daughters up from school, and he was thinking about if his marketing was working, and these little like, fifth graders are just screaming Sega like ten feet away from him." <laughs> and then there's this like the, the, the just the retail stuff you mentioned, the Walmart thing, uh, yeah. the problems they were having with Target, and how they Nintendo kind of like made the modern pos system that stores use like there's like weird stuff yeah. like that 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 that's the, just the return policies that yeah. people were just bringing an nes in and going oh, i don't have any controllers and they get a full refund and buy us snes for like 30 bucks yeah it's <laughs> yeah. crazy all that stuff i i'm yeah. still wondering like the movie's been in development hell for like four years four or five years oh, is now it? okay yeah it's a, a seth rogan and adam goldberg are developing it but it's just oh, interesting wow. to see how that would translate to a the- movie but it's been those like two would years. be really good. Yeah, especially actually. some of the the crazy stuff that happens. But yeah, but that was like four years ago. They yeah. bought the rights. Hmm. So and the Mario Brothers movie was a shit show. Yes, directors. People are yeah. going to get too much of that spoiled because th- yeah. that's a whole podcast alone, just going through Council yeah. Wars. So. Yeah. All right. Um, let's have Josh go. Patreon. And then <laughs> 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 let's have Josh go, and then we'll have Michael go because I know Michael's what we're playing is his review. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so mine are reviews in progress, essentially, uh, other than MLB The Show 18, which I keep playing. Um, my son the golf, my copy. <laughs> the Golf Club 2019. So I am playing that. Uh, I cannot tell you yet whether there are real PGA Tour stars in there. I'll, I'll tell the you hell? why. <laughs> because to get to the PGA Tour... You have to earn your card. And this is a hard fucking game. <laughs> or you just I'm, suck at golf because you haven't played it in no. so long. He has well, to start it, putt, it, putt, and then work I haven't his played way golf in a while. Now, I, I, I used to play the Tiger Woods games constantly. Constantly. This was like my MLB, the show has become Tiger Woods was that, where I would just, you know, nothing else going on. I'd just pick that up and start playing it. Uh there's multiple levels. There's like super easy, easy, you know, whatever and hard. And I'm playing on easy. I'm like, I'm not doing super easy. That's just bullshit. Uh, it's fucking hard, especially putting. It's really hard. So I am still trying to earn my, my PGA tour card. Once I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, uh, how, but is I got, a, how is it as a golf game then? It's a good golf game. 
It's good. Um, the the commentary is you know hit and miss. I just feel um, like nobody's ever going to get good commentary in a game anymore. So. Yeah, the commentary is hit and miss. the The crowds are decent. Uh, you know, I'm more interested in the golf club 2020. <laughs> like I see this as almost like, and I know there have been two golf club games before this, uh, but I still kind of see this almost as a first draft. You know, where I'm cutting them some slack because it's their first time with a PGA Tour license and everything. The courses look absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. They really do. They look amazing. Better than some of the Tiger Woods ones did, I think. Um, Although, well, yeah, actually better than some of the Tiger Woods ones did because they moved to the Frostbite engine in that last year when it was Rory McIlroy. And... They, they had they, they were so still many figuring problems. out frostbite as for, yeah. a, for a sports game. For a sports game, they had yeah. so many problems with pop in, texture pop in, and stuff like that. I'm trying to squeeze um, that battleship on there. Yeah, yeah. Parts of it looked amazing, but um, a lot of the golf club looks really good. the The crowds, eh, yeah, so so. Um, I had a I had a ball that went right into the crowd. The crowd just stood there as the ball came flying in and. You know, dropped right in the middle of them. Nobody even made a move. Nobody ducked. Nobody, at least Tiger Woods had that down. <laughs> um, but that took a couple years actually for them to get that down. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, it's good so far, though. It is. It's just, it's really fucking hard. <laughs> so expect that. Uh, I also, when I needed to take a break from that, I jumped into Pez uh, 2019. Uh, the soccer game and, or football, depending on where you live. And football. I played, yeah, I played through a bunch of the tutorial stuff just to see how they, how they do with handholding for people who've never played or who are just trying to get into this. Because while I have maybe a couple of them, I have more FIFA than Pez, but I used to be into this way back in PS2. Uh, when it was still called Winning Eleven, and the Winning Eleven games were amazing, top notch, yeah, yeah, they were unreal. And that was the one where it's got a ma- manual that is like sixty, seventy pages in in the PS2 uh, case, and you'd open it up, and the entire back half of it is all the different button combinations to do all the different passing and lobbing and small, short lob and, and long and all these. It was insane. The level of control you could have in that game and just how deep it was. So, uh, there is a lot of depth to this one and I just figured, let me see what they show you at least in the tutorial and how deep the tutorial goes and you know, how much you can get into it. And I've been pretty impressed so far. Uh, with what I played, so but I need to play more of that, obviously, to give it a review. And the other one I can't really talk about, other than to say I've been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider a lot, and that's pretty much it. And in James Bond, I got through Thunderball and uh, You Only Live Twice, and my next is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And man, I. I knew going into you only live twice, but holy shit, the the way they treat the Japanese people. There's and, a lot of issues in no James Bond movies. Uh, well, there, well, there's a lot of issues in all of them, yes, but especially, 
especially something like You Only Live Twice, where, okay, James, we're going to pretend you're dead and we're going to make you a Japanese guy. So we're just going to give you this wig and, you know, maybe put these prosthetics around your eyes, which you see them putting them on. But then every scene after that, it's it's just James Bond in a shitty wig. And he's supposed to be a Japanese guy, which is insane. It's completely insane. Um, but really, watching that movie especially, you can definitely see where Mike Myers, as a kid, grew up on that movie and loved that so much because that is essentially the entire template for the first Austin Powers movie. So... <laughs> It's hard to watch that without thinking of Austin Powers at this point. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. So who's next? Michael. Yeah. Oh, no. Dave. I'm done. Wait. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah. Okay, Spider-Boy. Okay. So I am going to review Marvel Spider-Man. I have not played anything else because this game has just consumed every free <laughs> moment I have i've beat the game i'm at 90 percent completion i am not going to stop playing the game uh it's a fantastic fantastic game so we'll just do a basic rundown of the story i i always start off so many of my reviews this way of like i don't want to spoil it uh but this game in particular there are so many like cool moments sprinkled out through the entire experience that there's stuff that happens in the first five minutes. I'm sure other reviews are going to spoil stuff immediately, but I would rather have mm. you guys listening f- reach these moments organically. So there's things I can't talk about. But uh, taking cues from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Insomniac Spider-Man st- uh, is Peter Parker already established. He's 23 years old. He's been Spider-Man for eight years now. So we're not going to see Uncle Ben die Again, you know, we're, we're not going to go God. through his origin story. We are going to have uh, in this game. With it, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and I, I think I only heard that line like twice in the game, and it was like throwaway lines. <laughs> um, so, like, we're getting a Peter Parker in this game that he is a more mature one. Obviously, he's 23 years old. Uh, he's still trying to find that balance of his relationships you know be it his working relationships his personal relationships with family and like mary jane and just being a hero so but but that's like the main thing that peter parker is trying to balance it's not him discovering his powers and learning new you know new abilities and stuff like that they they skip the origins they will it's it's eight years of him being spider-man so as you're going throughout you will learn a lot about his lore and history his past battles and stuff like that through various easter eggs throwaway lines of dialogue and just how he interacts with various characters um that's cool he is currently interning as a scientist so he doesn't work at the daily bugle anymore he used to work there at one point uh mary jane actually works at the daily bugle right now um so she's Hmm. your your aspect for the daily bugle it's great because uh jane jonah jameson he quit the daily bugle to start a podcast radio show and (laughs) every time you do something he is then bitching on his podcast about stuff you did and twisting it to make it sound like you did something terrible it's it's a really (laughs) nice touch it's basically jay jonah jameson doing like his version of like alex jones like it's it's a really like good like twist on like his persona and then updating him 
to a more modern medium. Uh, That's cool. So it's it's stuff like that. Um, it story wise, I, I, I again, I'm not going to go into like specifics. I want you to find out all the little things on your own. But it's one of those things where Insomniac basically got the full run of the Marvel universe. They seems like they are not shying away from dipping outside of the Spider Verse in terms of hints at past events that may have happened with other heroes um easter eggs uh, for those heroes like it's it's new york you know so it looks like they're not afraid they're not doing like what sony pictures is doing where it's like hey we got venom but there's no spider-man that we can reference in his universe or we can't mention other franchises Uh, this game insomniac looks like they had full range to do what they want and reference other characters and everything like that uh the it does do the thing that uh, a lot of spider-man properties do where you kind of just deal with a ton of different bad guys there are a lot of mainstream bad guys and a a decent amount of like secondary like d-list like spider-man villains um the main uh gain that you're dealing with um is at first it's the the, the Fisk uh, Kingpin gain, uh, but the main one is the Demon gain, and there's the the uh, Mister Negatives gain, the ones you see in all the trailers. Um, they start to get into New York, and that's when everything spirals out of control. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, the The most important thing, obviously, is the the gameplay for this, and I, I can't talk or emphasize enough about how good the swinging feels in this game in terms of the the look and feel of everything you do. The way you have to make sure you're aiming... You, you don't have to aim at auto-aims, but you have to make sure you're around buildings to use the swing. It doesn't do like the, what the old games would do where it would just shoot a web and the web would just attach somewhere and you're fine. You need to use uh, your positioning to build momentum and do dives and all sorts of things to build up speed yeah i i got into that when i was playing it at e3 and i was blown away by that just how cool it feels and and really how you know you're not aiming specifically for buildings but you know when you shoot it up and when you shoot your web out there that it's attaching to something yes Unlike older games where you're like, okay, I'm in the middle of nowhere and it's just kind of shooting into the sky and attaching to invisible clouds and shit. <laughs> it's That's, impossible. It'd still be like a great... Can, it, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it just it has a real feel to it. It'd still it's be a great awesome. box quote, you know, like Josh can make a block quote of Michael saying it's a great swinging game. Oh, yeah, no, there's, <laughs> there's like legit, that might be a line from my review. And me talking about shooting webs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like early on in the game they they have you go to Empire State Building which is like one of the biggest buildings in the game and you go to the top and they say just do a, a dive it's like a, an Assassin's Creed dive but on a whole Dude. other level and <laughs> the sense of speed that you get from the visuals is just exhilarating like it's it's a thrill when you do that and when you jump off a building and you wait till you're just a couple feet off the ground a feet from the ground and then you just swing up and then you get that big momentum and then you just overshoot skyscrapers is just one of the coolest feelings i've had and they definitely nail like what i feel is like the most important part of the spider-man game is just they have to nail the swinging and they do like 
Yeah. You can fast travel in this game. Like, there's subway stations that you can fast travel, and you will unlock fast travel points with police stations. And there's cute little cinematics. I recommend doing that. There's only, like, a handful of them. So I recommend, if you want, like, a cute little moment, fast travel a couple times, see those little cutscenes of him just, like, on the train interacting <laughs> with people. But then just never use the, go on the fast travel point again, because there's no point. The city's pretty decent size like they got like all the boroughs of new york in there and they're like really they're like decent representations like uh you have harlem hell's kitchen um chinatown obviously like Times square uh and a bunch of other districts that i'm not really too familiar but with. do they go like across the bridge into brooklyn and the bronx or brooklyn and queens and everything uh, so so they um they might not go to all of those but they have okay. like, a good chunk of like the main so manhattan yeah. up into yeah. up into harlem okay yeah, so like all those different districts in there are in gotcha. there and they got most of uh, i've the landmarks are actual real landmarks. Like they actually call it Madison Square Garden, stuff like that, which I think is yeah, important to do for Spider-Man. Yeah, and that's really cool. Yeah, there's plenty of other games that they go to New York, but they have to do fake names for everything like that. But no, it's like no, this is Madison yeah. Square Garden. And then there's also like Marvel landmarks that are in New York that <laughs> yeah. if you know the areas, um, you might you. There's a good chance if you know of like the buildings in Harlem or the buildings in Hell Kitchen. There might be a nice building there for you that you'll get a, a <laughs> nice little treat. Um, That's cool. So, like, the, the world's pretty fun to just traverse and just mess around. And uh, in there's a ton of things to do. So, you have, like, random crimes that will pop up. But you also have uh, Peter. You, you play as Peter Parker from time to time. And his missions are mostly science-based missions. And there's, like, really simple puzzles that you do that aren't overly complicated but they're pretty clever that you do when you're as peter parker so when you're in the lab trying to work on a breakthrough um oh shit i gotta do science yeah you have to do science. <laughs> i'm in trouble is it does it break the immersion though like the, the when you're not playing as spider-man or does no, it kind of fit it, it, it fits especially because there's always a story reason to do something or there's always a payoff to even the mundane tasks uh, to where even if something seems kind of mundane, there's always a payoff or a twist to it that you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Or for the science reasons in particular, those are a lot of those are set points for the story to where it's like, okay, you're okay. in the lab to do a cutscene, but while you're here listening to the dialogue, you can interact with other different ta- uh, tasks there. Okay, good. So it's meaningful versus like the Assassin's Creed non-assassin moments not being meaningful. Exactly, yeah. And like, you know, like there might be crime in like a certain district that's on the rise and you just swing around and pick off like specific little tasks to to clear clear up the area, stuff like that and doing research uh research points where like even like mundane tasks that seem kind of dumb, uh like there's a thing where you like catch pigeons. There's actual, like, story bits in there, like, side quest-wise, that make it worth it, and the Spider-Man is quippy as hell, so he'll make fun out of himself of just, like, hey, I have all these powers, but here I am catching pigeons, you know, just uh, silly stuff like that is actually kind of worthwhile to do, because it also challenges you to actually use the traversal uh, elements way more to their full potential. Um, com- That's cool. Uh, Combat-wise, it is... Like it, it's since it debuted, uh, or like since the uh, original trailer, uh, when people weren't looking at the puddles, uh, people noticed that the combat 
was very Arkham Asylum combat, and it yeah. it very much is that sort of style where you can you can kind of just smash square and he'll bounce between the different enemies on the screen, uh, but where the game really does well is with Insomniac's good old weapon wheel and all mm-hmm. the different <laughs> gadgets on the weapon you as you progress need to work you need to implement the different gadgets uh more and more to be successful this is one of those games where i don't usually like stealth but i like the stealth in this one because spider-man has a lot of things at his arsenal especially when you include the gadgets that make it fun to do and the combat feels really good in terms of i don't know it's, it's always just fun just like webbing like an enemy then jumping in the air picking him up spinning him around and then throwing him at a crowd of enemies and doing <laughs> stuff like that is really satisfying yeah. so like while the hand-to-hand combat isn't like revolutionary or anything like that it's still fun to do because of the extra abilities and gadgets that spider-man has in his arsenal so i'm assuming this is just the way it is you you'll get used to swapping out your different like in the demo and i know it was like a demo at e3 and i was under that pressure in the back of my mind that there are i was one of the first people on there so there's a pile of people in lines waiting behind me and i don't want to don't suck, stand Josh. there for an hour no i just don't want to stand there for an hour and take up take up time where somebody could be playing somebody else could be playing you know yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking that. I should just be enjoying it. But yeah. um, switching between like the the electric web and and this other grenade web that mm-hmm. will pop off, you know, a bunch of different little mini webs, and this one and this one. Like I was having trouble just getting the hang of all that, and it's probably because I was rushed and under pressure. I mean, I'm assuming as you play the game more, you just it just like every other game. It just becomes second nature and very comfortable yeah. moving through the weapon wheel and all. Yeah, so um, right. when you move through the weapon wheel, I like I remember the demos, but I don't know how like fine-tuned it was when we were playing it. It's hard to kind of remember exactly how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're switching weapons, you go into Spidey Sense mode where time slows down. So yeah. as long as you have okay. the weapon wheel open, you have plenty of time because you're moving in like Spidey Sense time to where cool. okay. you can pick your weapon and you still have you don't have like full control of your character when you're in the the, the, the spider sense or spidey sense uh, aspect but you can still maneuver just enough that you're like okay I'm picking this weapon and lining up this just enough to yeah. do this and like the the spider bomb that like this webs everybody once you like figure out different combinations of how to take down enemies and enemies do get progressively more difficult as you play as they get more toys and stuff to to combat you uh that working with all the different gadgets becomes vital and also very fun to challenge yourself almost treat some of the missions like a puzzle especially um a lot of the side missions there'll be like uh there'll be enemy bases that you just have to just go through like six waves of enemies to take over that base and mm-hmm. there'll be specific challenges on that base of just like hey killed 10 people or not kill spider-man doesn't kill sorry uh <laughs> eliminate be, eliminate yeah there'll be like <laughs> hey um do 10 aerial kicks uh 
to get extra tokens or do 10 stealth kills to get extra tokens and everything you do you get some sort of different token so there's like research tokens challenge tokens the challenges are my favorite not because of the actual challenges they're really they're basically like time trial challenges but the story reason for the challenges is like my favorite thing but I can't say why it's my favorite thing because it's like a really cool moment that I got excited when I saw it and I wouldn't want to ruin that for anyone else. Uh, but there's like research tokens, challenge tokens, base tokens. So everything's like on a token system and you use that to upgrade the different gadgets or um, build new suits. And there's like 25 plus different Spider-Man suits through wow. the history of Spider-Man. Um, and... They're great because they have their own special abilities attached to them. And there's one suit, I won't say exactly what it is, but its power is you're more quippy. Like, you talk <laughs> so more the, shit. Like so, the suit, the, so the suits it's have the a Deadpool gameplay mechanic? It's the suit. <laughs> the suits have a gameplay mechanic? Yes, they do. Um, for, for my original... Even the, pre- even the pre-order suits? Yeah, they have their own different ability on it, but... The story, you can get through the story with the main suit. Like, the, you never have to switch your suits or switch to other suits, really, for story reasons or anything like that. You can get through the game with the other one. I feel like the suits would probably be better when they add New Game Plus, which is coming to the game shortly after release. It was, I believe, coming on a day one patch, but it's coming a little bit later. New Game Plus is probably where you're going to get the most use out of those suits, because uh, for me, I wanted to play the whole game in that white Spider-Man suit, you know, the you know mm-hmm. the actual suit in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But switching to the other suits was fun, and I can see that adding different feel to the game. Because there are vastly different, like, uh, well, they only have, like, one single ability attached to the suit, but there are different abilities, you know. Sounds uh, like it's where the replayability might come from, too. Yeah, that's definitely where the replayability is going to come um, I'm curious though. Once I hit 100%, how the game will handle that? How many like random crimes there will be? If there's like any reason to, once I hit the 100% of all the side quests, will there be much to do? But I played like 30 to 40 hours, and I'm at 90% right now. So yeah, I ran into that problem with Far Cry 5. I was trying to platinum it, and like I had already cleared out so many areas that I was having a hard time finding where there was still more cult people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's my fear. Is like I don't know what the trophy list is right now because pre-release games rarely have a trophy list available. Yeah, I'm finding that out with the uh, Tomb Raider. Yeah, so it's one of those things where I'm curious what my percentage is right now and like what what stuff like I have to do in terms of like oh I really hope there's not a like kill or not kill uh, do like a thirty hit combo in a row and I don't have enough enemies to execute that yeah. in a specific sequence. Yeah. Um, so, like, the gameplay-wise, they, they really nailed the gameplay and the story for this game. And it's Insomniac at their best. Or at least what I like for Insomniac. You know, they Sunset Overdrive was okay, and then they had Fuse, which was bad. And, you know, they've had their ups and downs mm. over the last couple years. Yeah. Um, but this is Insomniac at their best. You can tell they had a lot of fun doing their own spin on the Spider-Man universe. Uh, in terms of just how crazy they went with filling the game with Easter eggs. There's a a lot of different collectibles, but nothing ridiculous. They, they at least... 
I appreciate when a game has a lot of collectibles, but they split them up in different types of collectibles or like different reasons to collect them as opposed to like the Assassin's Creed like 100 feather thing where it's just like, hey, here's just 100 mm. feathers, you know, there's yeah. there's collectibles like, hey, there's 28 different newsstands around the city with different headlines on them. Collect those, stuff like that. You know, there's a bunch of different things and there's always like a line of dialogue for it or... Uh, you might get like a small cutscene from doing them. So there's all sorts of things that make it worth going. And you can tell Insomniac had a ton of fun doing this. Um, from a visual standpoint, uh, we talked about Puddlegate earlier. Uh, regardless of, of, <laughs> of Puddlegate, like, I think the game just looks fantastic. Uh, the swinging, you get that real sense of speed uh, from that. Their recreation of New York is pretty lively the the population for like the streets isn't as dense as i would have wanted you know because when i picture new york i picture crowded streets but that's mm-hmm. still difficult <laughs> for current consoles to to pull off um so that that's maybe like one thing that like i wish there was a little bit more of to just give the city more more life but like the, the game at night or day looks fantastic. There's no, like, dynamic day and night cycle that's all dictated by the story. Though once you beat the game, you can switch to whatever time you want it to be, if you prefer to swing around at night or not. Uh, but, like, the, the draw distance is good. The sense of scale when you're on the buildings is really good. Uh, character designs in terms of just, like, what they the fun or like like the the directions they took some of the the villains of their suits were they definitely put their own twist on everything uh but still stayed true to like what you would expect a character to look there's no drastic change in terms of like you're you're not going to be upset like oh i don't like the way that character looks because it still maintains like the integrity of what like that character should look like but it has a unique enough style that's cool um, Audio-wise, my favorite thing about this game, anytime you're swinging, you get that cinematic Marvel music that you would come to expect, hmm. and it will die down slowly if you're just walking around or doing a, uh, you know, just walking around a rooftop or walking around a sidewalk, but as soon as you start sw- swinging, that music starts building, and the more you're swinging, the music just gets more and more epic, and it just gives you, like, this really cool feeling of swinging around just because they know they want to make that feel special every time and make it feel energetic and why there's not like a ton of different songs you do while you're swinging it never gets tiresome you're never like oh i'm tired of hearing this again and i put like 30 40 hours in and that's a lot of swinging around a city that's why he doesn't want to fast travel. He just wants to listen to that music no because it's really good like the uh <laughs> the the composer they got for this is he did a really good job of capturing that like Marvel cinematic vibe for like the individual character themes and just the the music swinging uh the music when you're you're swinging is really good and like the actors give a really good performance i really like the actor it's yuri lowenthal uh, i believe is the name at least that's what i wrote in my review um Josh will fact check that later i will yeah um, and i'll put a link to imdb yeah. and yeah, his what I do. <laughs> version of Peter Parker and Spider-Man is probably one of my favorites in terms of just striking that like difficult balance of because like Peter Parker and Spider-Man have very different personalities kind of like they, it, they're both the same personality but a little bit different in terms of just like Peter is a little bit more reserved uh, 
but not 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 reserved like he's shy or something like that but like the confidence he has when he's spider-man his you know performance does change in like good performances of spider-man that we've seen in like movies or tv shows or cartoons and he does a really good job of peter parker just being peter parker and then just the confidence of spider-man when he's just talking shit you know against enemies <laughs> stuff like that so nice. like it's a combination of like the the voice actor's performance and also the the writing which is fantastic uh this feels like a comic book story like that came to life basically or it's a, it's a good like mix of a comic book story feel and like a marvel cinematic universe type of feel um like there's not much more to say like honestly as like someone who's been a spider-man fan since a little kid like i grew up on the animated series which i still think is like one of the best like versions of spider-man ever like the, the 90s uh spider-man animated series not the spider-man and friends uh, <laughs> not a fan of that one um like insomniac absolutely nailed it like they they made a game that spider-man's spider-man fans have been wanting for a while like the, the the Activision Spider-Man games were okay, but they could never nail the story. They felt kind of okay, but they didn't nail everything. And same thing with like yeah. the movie games that people cherish so much, like the Tobey Maguire movies. They never nailed everything, you know. And for the most part, like I feel like Insomniac nailed every element from the swinging, the combat, and the story, and made like a really uh, thoughtful and like true to form version of spider-man or made something as best they could and you can tell that they enjoyed what they were doing and it's a game that i'm confident to give a 10 uh, wow yeah. so i'm gonna give i was wondering 10. yeah <laughs> as you were leading up to that i'm like where are we going are we going yeah. 9.5 where are we no, going like, nine, I, I, had to, I had to think about it really hard of just like how much i enjoyed the game i haven't had a game catch me in a way that i want to do everything for it i don't know how many times i've told you guys on a podcast where i'm like yeah i think i'm gonna go back to that game after i beat it and i never yeah. do like i've been saying yep. i'm gonna go back to god of war but i haven't spider-man <laughs> i finished it a couple days ago i've played it the last three nights still you know and yeah. i'm milking like what i have left to do you know i'm basically just like swinging around just like i hope someone wants to start some shit <laughs> and then do that and fight it out like i max leveled my character like shortly after finishing the story and i still am playing it you know even though there's no other really incentive other than to check a couple more boxes uh and like i'm already like eagerly anticipating that dlc that's out in a month you know so and i think it's a good hmm. amount of game content for like this experience like story-wise you can like they said you can get through it in like 20 hours uh but if you want to do everything i'm pushing close to 40 but i'm also you know walking around and stuff like that and like doing everything i can to get the full experience but like i i really nice. think this is a, a game that deserves a, a 10 that's awesome yeah. Already, that's yeah. That's always the fear of like when we, you know, like <laughs> Michael's gonna wake up Tuesday morning, go to Metacritic. Like, am I just a fanboy? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Uh, if if anyone else is like, no, this game's not a ten. I don't care. Like right. this for me, this is yeah. this is a ten. But like, I Fine. definitely will have that fear checking in the morning. Mm -hmm. But then I'll just 
put a tweet out that says fight me <laughs> yeah that's what you have to do yeah. i mean yeah. it's no, your great. opinion yeah. that's the whole point yeah. <laughs> i was i was kind of at that point with guacamelee 2 for a little while and to be honest with you, the only thing that did it for guacamelee 2 that knocked it down some for me was the fact that it didn't have online co-op but like i loved that game and they're two mm-hmm. different style of games just because you know spider-man's a 10 and guacamelee 2 is a nine and a half doesn't mean that one is better or worse than the yeah, other one no it's know? just how you felt about that game at that time like the only problem i had with spider-man was like i had one work no yeah <laughs> i i had i had like i i think the faces on some of the characters look a little too bloated that's like the only problem i have with the game and it's like a really petty small thing that like doesn't really matter in a grand scheme of things you know that that's like the one thing that i when i was playing a game early yeah. on i'm just like some of their faces look a little bloated but what who fucking cares like <laughs> yeah that, that was like the one thing that like took me a little bit and then i was just like oh who cares he looks awesome and it's a spider suit this character looks awesome doing that you know uh, but I, I can't wait for people to start sharing screenshots of the Easter eggs they found. And because I'm sure there's stuff that I missed and I'm doing all the, the side quests and stuff like that. I have screenshots that I've been wanting to share with you guys in Slack, but I don't want to ruin anything for you guys. <sighs> it's one other thing I need to avoid for the next six to 12 months before I get the game. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely, definitely worthwhile. And you guys should check it out. And it's Spider-Man. And the way insomniac kind of hinted at all the other marvel characters it makes me dream that we get like a marvel cinematic universe for video games holy shit like if, <laughs> that would be amazing if they can somehow talk to square enix and it's like hey guys you're making the avengers you want to use our spider-man if they could do that like <laughs> i would lose my shit i know it's a pipe dream but like at least this this spider-man hints at the other characters which makes me hope that if this is successful Maybe Marvel gives Sony another couple shots at some games, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Alright. So <laughs> let's move on to the the emails and community stuff. Alright, so um on Twitter using hashtag AskPSNation, Greg Morton Comics says, What do you think the chances of getting a PS4 uh what do you th- what do what do you think the chances are of getting a PS4 Pro Slim? I don't. Th- I think marketing-wise, that would be a nightmare. Unless they because slim what's it going to look like? Yeah, the, like the original. Well, they kind of already did slim the original. No, I'm yeah. saying they would have to slim it again because, like, because yeah. then you it, have that. A PS4 Pro Slim would look. Yeah, I a PS4 that... Pro Slim would look like an old PS4 or a PS4 Slim. Yeah. It would. I think from a visual standpoint, it, it looks like, you know, like when you, when you really look at pros, like on the shelf and you look at PS4s on the shelf, it, 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 I think they did a really good job of like, okay, this is more powerful because it's double stacked. Like, yeah, it's a this is beefier. It's, it's, yeah, I, I think that's part of the, part of the whole thing. I, I and, doubt that we would get a PS4 Pro Slim. I think we're too late into the gen anyways. Like, no. no, that I PS2 mean, got, tiny how, one came super late. Yeah, I mean, and I know they did, they did that. Disc, they did that three PS3. Do, that sliding door PS3 came one. out really late. Yeah. 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 Was it only three or was there four? No, there were three PS3s. The fat, yeah. the slim, the super slim. Yeah. The super slim. I think. Yeah. The, the, the whatever, the form and grill one. I think the, the, for PS4 in particular, in terms of like a slim thing, I think the only like. 
price differential type thing. Like you always asso- associate the slim with like a price drop. I think it'll just be internals will slim down, but the casing might stay the same for price drops. I don't know if like a PS4 slim is absolutely necessary. If they do anything, it'll probably just be an internal slim down and not an external slim down. Maybe they can cut off a, a, a fraction of a percentage. Like the second to third slim down was not that drastic for the PS3. Yeah. If, if they did it, they would have to make the the PS4 regular one slimmer. And then if they did the Pro Slim, I would assume that it would still look like three stacks, but slimmer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I just, I don't know. I don't see another way to do it. Yeah. That wouldn't confuse everybody. For sure. Yeah. Um... Okay, so this one is from Daniel Day Dabs. Uh, he used the hashtag oh. SPS. What did you Twitter. call him? Is it Dabs? <laughs> I J thought you Daniel said Daniel. Oh, yeah, my bad. Okay, <laughs> so this is specifically for, for Dave. Uh, so is there any use in joshing Destiny 2 during adventure quests? I mean, do they hide any good loot if you go off the rails like there is when you're just hanging out in a public area? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, the the adventures um they're really good stories in the adventures um sometimes you'll need to complete some of them to get xp to go to other planets um based on where you when you tweeted at me the other day where you told me you were um you might run into a, a situation where you can't get to another planet um until you get a higher level but um the adventures starting next week will play a ga- uh play a factor into the end game okay so <laughs> All right, next one is from Jehonius again. Uh, Amazon dropping Prime perks for games. Number one, why do you think this is happening? They're not making enough profit, <laughs> I would assume. Nobody else um, is competing with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, is it still worth paying for Prime membership for someone who has been using it exclusively to get pre-order discounts and watch Man in the High Castle? Okay. If that's your only reason for doing it, then probably not. So they they've dropped the twenty percent off pre orders. So like if you if a game is yep. fifty nine ninety nine, it's not forty seven ninety nine anymore if you pre order it. However, they are offering ten dollars in Amazon credit on selected games. And a lot of the selected games have been some of the earlier ones. However, the ten dollar credit is obviously only Amazon money, so it's not that's saving exactly you direct money off your it. pocket. And it expires in thirty days from the time of you getting it. Yeah, because like so with, they're trying to get you to buy more with the twenty percent, <laughs> it would go down to what like forty seven dollars typically. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. thirteen dollars you're saving and not necessarily spending on Amazon, as opposed to you spending sixty and getting ten dollars you can then spend on Amazon. Like that could be their site, and also Best Buy stopped yeah. their gamers club, so there's the competition reason not to do it. Yeah. Who knows if Best Buy and Amazon they've been talking a lot lately. If they talk to each other, like, hey guys, want to drop this shit? Or if the publishers came in and was like, hey, stop this for whatever reason. So we don't know the mm-hmm. business end of that. But Other retailers getting sense. mad too. Yeah. Other retailers getting mad because they're bigger. And then how are we supposed to catch up if we're everybody's selling their game for $48 and we got to sell ours for 60 Like, It gets into the, you know, some companies getting mad that their game is being considered a discounted rate when it's advertised at $48 for Prime members and stuff like that. So Yeah, but like if you live in a city with Prime now, you can get groceries and food delivered to your house within two hours. That's the reason to have Amazon Prime. Uh, Prime Music is a decent service. They're always adding new music to it. The video service which you use, that's great. There, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Uh, you just have to 
kind of go all in on Amazon and t- use every one of their services for your life to to justify continuing to have Prime if you're not going to do the video game stuff anymore. Yeah. All right. This one is from Justin Smith. We figured we'd put another question tell we thought I thought was going to like throw Josh <laughs> off, but uh what's the most imp- I don't think so. What is the most important or influential game this generation as distinguished from the best? It's Fortnite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fortnite and uh, <laughs> PUBG would probably be cuz that really sparked everything from for that. Even though those are like PC games. PUBG's a PC game, but and they PC games live outside of the console generations, but like PUBG and Fortnite for sure. And uh, Destiny, even though yeah. Destiny was PS3, PS4, uh, Destiny's online, like the way they'd handled online. So- social shooter. Yeah. yeah. The MMO social shooter aspect, Destiny is very influential for how a lot of shooters and games handled their stuff. So, But look at everybody adding... Mm-hmm. Adding battle royale to their games. Well, I would almost, Everybody's doing. I would almost. I was. I was going to say it's you know in terms of a game like I was going to kind of change it to like a genre. Like sometimes you hear like first person like when, when Call of Duty first came out, like first person shooters changed gaming, you know, like and things like that. And battle royale. And I, I almost want to say like the looter shooter thing. Yeah. Is is you know mm-hmm. is you know because. At its core, Fortnite is a looter shooter. Destiny's a looter shooter. Division's a looter shooter. Anthem's going to be a looter shooter. Borderlands is a looter shooter. Overwatch, yes, is a looter shooter. Yeah, I mean, but not to the extent of yeah, like not to the extent. Overwatch is a PvP looter. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, so, but, you know, you're opening up the loot boxes for gaining experience and getting more cosmetic things, you know, but, you know, Borderlands kind of started this whole thing and other people kind of built upon it and stuff like that, so. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, uh, like, two gens ago like halo was like the big influential mm-hmm. game because it made first person shooters on consoles possible the 360 ps3 area uh it was like demon souls now demon souls is a fucking genre and um <laughs> and you just know, like, like just like rogue roguelikes and side yeah. scrollers and like what Mega Man and mario and sonic were doing in the in the early 90s and stuff like that versus yeah. now what call of duty has done you know things like that so. surprisingly uh shadow of mordor I thought that was going to be super influential with their like remem- their AI remembering everything you did. I thought that was going to be huge, but no games really picked up on that. But yeah, I think this generation it's been just kind of like everyone just mixing everything together more than like a particular games outside of like the ones we mentioned earlier. But yeah, yeah but Fortnite all right, uh, so a follow-up on uh, Josh's favorite person, Mr. Anthony <laughs> Allen. Two-part follow-up. So, yeah. <laughs> so he was sending this to us while we were recording. So just getting, <laughs> just getting around to listening to this week's show now. And, man, I laughed when Josh said flat out, fuck you, Anthony Allen. <laughs> I find I'm, I'm, hang on a second. Yeah. I'm, I'm, glad he said, I'm glad he took that the way I meant it. Yes. <laughs> and not as, like, I hate the guy. I appreciate that. He got the humor in there. <laughs> uh, I find it so funny because my first system was the Atari as well. I'm 42 and I have and have about 36 years of gaming history myself. I will never forget child. The, <laughs> I will never forget the Nintendo under the Christmas tree, uh, or my mom buying Metroid for me at a price point of about 60 to 80 dollars from consumers, <laughs> or the Christmas that Ninja Gaiden uh, showed up, um, or beating the original uh, Zelda for the first time. I actually paused. Uh, I. 
I actually paused the show to write the message, so I haven't actually heard Josh's <laughs> response yet. I was trying to goat him into a large conversation about the impact of the medium of games has had on him and as a younger host, and as the younger host, how, how you guys would answer as well. I personally would have about five to ten sided answer to that question. A five to ten sided answer to that question. Anyways, love the show yeah. and thanks for the, the fuck you shout out. Keep up the great work. And if you would like a Josh Langford fuck you shout out, <laughs> use the hashtag at PS Nation and challenge him with a question. <laughs> and then he proceeded to listen to the rest of the episode and then wrote it something else. So, dude, I'm back listening and he and he nailed it. So say tell him to so tell him to expand on his ten games. My mom got addicted to Bomberman, and she's not a gamer. What was his first online experience, and how freaking mind-blowing was that? Getting my ass kicked. I'm going to answer this while Josh thinks, uh, even though it wasn't directed at me. But getting my ass kicked at StarCraft for the first time when I saw there's Korean servers. It was the first time I went online for StarCraft. <laughs> I, got, I got pounded in Madden yeah, or NCAA. Bad. I just yeah. got obliterated. Yeah, I I know it was something on PC, and I couldn't even tell you what it was. Might have been X-Wing versus TIE Fighter or something like that. I don't... Maybe something earlier, I'm sure. But, like, PS2, when that finally had online, it would have been... Say one of the sports games. <laughs> now, why well, SOCOM? SOCOM was a huge one, actually. That was great. SOCOM. Yeah. I was playing with my brother and one of my friends, and we played the hell out of that. Too bad that no was one amazing. ever heard of SOCOM. We never hear people talk <laughs> yeah. about SOCOM. It's weird. <laughs> um, but I probably literally one of the first online games that I ever played on the PS2 was a sports game. It was either Madden yeah. or one of the NBA games. Um, and I want to say, yeah, I almost amazing. feel like sports games might have been kind of the first to do the, I don't really know, I guess, I mean, I don't know, but at least for me, it was like, I can play somebody not in my house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, so you got us there. All right, so we got that. Now, let's go on. Where, where does the rest of the scene I, go? <laughs> I look back on the games my parents made sacrifices to acquire for me, and I'm thankful that I had parents that 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 bought me Castlevania and, and Ninja Gaiden and Metroid, etc. What yeah. games made a huge impact on you as uh, wait what games made a huge impact at a young age you know so what games made a huge impact on us at a young age Uh, streets of rage like that's my earliest gaming memory like most of the genesis stuff streets of rage sonic even though i'm not a sonic fan that was super influential lion keen on the game gear (laughs) was influential (laughs) to me uh and then like just older stuff like the tony Hawk games was the first time i like competed in esports was like for the tony hawk games at a game crazy which was connected to hollywood video <laughs> um yeah so hey do you guys you got one josh or? uh no <laughs> i mean <laughs> most of the atari 2600 library most of the arcade games i ever got my hands on i mean at that age, it's it's hard to explain to to younger people what it was like back then because we went from no video games in the world, it, like accessible to us, to you know we'd go down the Jersey Shore every year. We go down to Ocean City every year, and you go to the boardwalk and you'd go on rides, and you'd go into these things and they'd have skee ball and stuff like that. And then one year when we went down, 
it was lined. Well, they'd have pinball machines, you know, but that that's the extent of gaming. Um, the one year we went down, all of them were lined with Space Invaders. And every single Space Invaders machine had a line six, seven, eight, ten people deep. It was insane. We had never seen anything like it. Nobody had ever seen anything like that. And that was a massive, massive change. And like I said, coming home that one year and the little store around the corner, a block, about a block away from my house, having two video games switching out every couple months was just mind boggling that suddenly we had access to actual arcade games within walking distance of our house that were obviously so much better, so much higher fidelity than the Atari 2600, which was amazing in its own right. Um, the 5200 is my most cherished console, older console, because it's the one I bought with my own money first. And it was straight up an arcade port machine. It is filled with arcade ports, you know, not, exactly looking like the arcades but really looking great uh for what they could do at the time just amazingly good arcade ports and i loved every single game that came out on that it was just amazing being able to play those games at home in a slightly dumbed down version you know so i can't you know there's no way i can narrow it down to one or a couple (laughs) but that overall feeling of going from nothing to let's go to the arcade and here's 500 different machines that you've never seen. Holy shit. It was just, it was mind boggling to a kid at the time. It just, and the speed with which things progressed from that point on was just, it's amazing. It's to live through that, to, to have lived through the point where there was nothing to where it is now it's the same thing where i was seven years old when star wars came out so i know what movies and tv and everything were like pre-star wars pre-cable pre all of that and where it's come to in terms of visual effects and special effects and blockbusters and and sequels and everything it's mind-boggling it's i'm the marvel cinematic universe (laughs) it's like it's it's like kid in a candy store it's amazing that this shit we could never have imagined anything even remotely like this and look at what's going on now it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy it's funny me and my friends were just talking about this a couple days ago of just like there's a point in time where you would see a movie in the theaters and that would be the first and only time you'd see that movie yep like (laughs) there was no and and you and you didn't know about it until like three weeks before it came out yeah, or until like oh, a couple yeah. weeks later, and your friend saw it or some shit like that. Like that, that to me is mind blowing. The fact that like when you first saw Star Wars, that was probably going to be like a- at least at the point because like Betamax was probably just not even really a thing yet. Not yet. Yeah, no. to where it's just like this movie's amazing, and then once it was gone from theaters, luckily it was such a big movie it stayed in theaters probably a little longer than uh, most movies. A very did. very long time, yeah. <laughs> like a year. But almost. you would have to see it multiple times because you wouldn't know if you'd ever be able to see that again. Type of thing like that to me is like mind blowing. You know, like yeah. Avengers felt like it just came out in movies a couple weeks ago, and the Blu-rays out. You know, it's like yeah, it's crazy. Well, that was the thing. Even even when video 
cassettes came out, like there was a there was a store near us that you know we finally got a VCR still early on, but we went VHS because that was that's what everybody was doing, even though Beta was better. And there was a place that had Beta and VHS, and you'd walk through there, and it was. At that time, it was a strictly rental business. If you wanted to buy a movie, a movie cost a hundred dollars minimum. And in nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, those price a hundred dollars for a movie was insanity. Was Nobody was like gonna pay that price. <laughs> I, I don't remember what yeah. movie it was, but I saw the movie at like one was for sale and it was a hundred dollars and I was like, Holy shit. Shit. nobody's ever going to buy movies. Why would they buy movies? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why. The Hollywood... first thing I think about is Gone with the Wind, <laughs> that blockbuster case that was rubber banded together because it, it was two tapes. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> Hollywood why I a Godfather did not see like, that. Movie. They just, they didn't see that business. They didn't see the, un... they saw it as, well, why, let's have them rent it and keep the money just rolling in because if they buy it, then they'll never buy buy it again you know they'll never keep renting it so let's price it at 100 bucks um it was it was such a different business back then it was such a different idea of how things work i'm forgetting the name of the documentary but there's a good documentary on vhs tapes like the history mm, of like that that boom yeah it was amazing it was it was crazy i mean my dad had to you know give them his credit card and they, they put it on the, on the click click machine. Yeah. Where, where it made like a carbon copy of his, of his credit card and they put it in the file. And every time we'd go to get a movie, they'd have to go back to the filing cabinet, find his folder, pull it out, you know, mark it down. And it was crazy. Just the, the way things were done back then and, and how labor intensive it all was um, to rent these movies. and everything. But then HBO came along and that changed everything too, where you would see, because they would get a handful of movies, they'd send out a little booklet every month showing what the new movies were, what their schedule was for the month, and you'd see, suddenly you'd get to see something like, I don't know, like War Games, 500 times over the course of two months <laughs> and you would watch it 500 times over the course of two months because it was on HBO you know and that's like those early 80s were and like the summer of 83 for movies too just insanity the have, stuff that was ha- going having on a friend thing. with HBO made you feel like you had like the coolest friend in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we got HBO and I was I couldn't believe my dad sprung for it or had the money he was a school teacher for christ's sake um but he wanted it you know yeah. and and it was it was also the the summer the late summer where you're sleeping downstairs because the big air conditioner was downstairs and you know mom and dad had an air conditioner in their bedroom but you'd sleep downstairs and you'd quietly turn on the tv after midnight and look at all the dirty movies on hbo that were after midnight oh, yeah. when you're like 10 12 years old the weekend camp out where you would watch like letterman or conan like for my time it was like staying up to watch like the weekend update for saturday night live or you would flip on because you didn't have cinemax or you didn't have any of those channels but you would flip it on on the little cable thing <laughs> and the grainy channels you'd see the wavy yeah you'd see the wavy stuff going by you can get some yeah. image 
but you all you wouldn't even see an image you'd just see a wavy image that was all like negative colors and, and green and and whatever and you was that a boob i think i saw a boob what was that <laughs> I mean, this was the this was the extent of of kids in the 80s this is what we all had to go through <laughs> and it was it was just growing up in the 80s it was fun and it was crazy and then wonderful human beings created the I don't know if you, if you guys ever had one, but a black box or a hot box, which is the... Uh, the, yeah, the we never had one, but yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we had one growing up, and that was a fantastic thing to have growing up. No, I lived in a time where it was, it was a rectangular box that was attached by a wire all the way to the TV, and you had switches on it and you had a row of buttons and then like a little three-way switch it would be top row middle row bottom row to get your 30 channels the top row was the first 10 and you'd click 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 second row and click click and that's how that was cable back then <laughs> it's fucking crazy still don't understand how the black box worked but the fact that it was just like oh here's a different bootleg cable box that will get you all the channels like is yeah it was amazing yeah oh my god it's it's unreal uh, just the the stuff that we grew up with and how things have changed so dramatic like i look at my kids and the acts they have access to a world of knowledge in terms of youtube and and the internet and everything else and i'm like man where you know i I'd, I'd ask a question and everybody's like oh, i don't know maybe go to the library and look it up Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there was there was you'd have to figure this stuff out. We we were a very different generation where it was you'd really have to go put some shoe leather down yeah. to to figure something out. But now people half are the time. now people are assholes and if you're like, yeah, well I bet it's this thing, then someone takes out their phone and then proves you wrong right away. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so it, real quick on a side thing, just because you talked about it, you talked about like Mason and Zoe a little bit. So I got a question because I was thinking about this the other day. It was based on an old question we got weeks ago about what do we think like you know when we said like I can't believe we're talking about Fortnite being you know mobile and cross by and everything like that. Do you think that Mason or Zoe will ever swipe or insert a credit card? No, the phone pay, Apple Pay, and Samsung Pay, Google Pay is Damn. taking all that away. I don't think cash. Yeah. Will, I don't think cash will go away. No. But I'm saying, like, change you think, might. Like, like, you might show Mason a credit card in 10 years from now, and he'd be like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Similar to how, like, if yeah. you show somebody, showed him a, a VHS right now, he'd be like, huh? That's true. No, he knows what credit cards are right now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's that's entirely possible that they they may be credit cards as we know them. Yeah, maybe whether, it, whether it's your watch or it's going to be your phone yeah. or, you know. Yeah. A chip. Yeah. Some That's companies are doing chips for their employees that yeah. you go to the vending machine and they'll just deduct it from your check. So it might just all have oh, risk geez, credit cards. We're back to Jesus Christ. We're back to fucking company store days. Yeah. Back in the seventeen eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, they're deducted seriously. They deducted right from your paycheck. So yeah, there's a couple companies that are implanting oh, chips evil. in their oh, that's employees. Fucking evil. It's also. Um, they're doing it to like track. So it's I forget what company it is, but there's companies that are they're trying to get like warehouses to buy it to make sure their employees are working in a warehouse. But it'll also be like you can use open doors with the chip, and then you can also have access to the vending machine type shit. But that that vending machine type that is literally 1800s company store shit yeah. that we had to and create labor laws and have strikes and and create 
unions and everything to fucking save people from. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Don't be surprised if in like five years that becomes like a standard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially a oh, lot of tech insane. startups are like, they love putting chips in their employees. They're just like, hell yeah, I want to do that and make my life easier. It's like, will it though? <laughs> yeah. When you go on that job interview while you're still shit. at your current employer and they find out because their chip tracked you at the other location. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that's insane. All right, All right, so that is it for this week. So thank you for those who sent the stuff in using hashtag AskPSNation. Now, next week um, it will be a lot of Destiny. Um, Josh is probably going to hopefully review a couple of his lingering things, Pro Evolution, some other oh, games well. and stuff like that. Uh, Tomb Raider actually might be the... Let me. I forget when the embargo lifts, but that might be next week. Uh, Michael's got uh, Yakuza that he has to go back to, so he has to yep. put Spider-Man down. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> uh, so we'll have some Yakuza stuff we'll have some Destiny stuff I should I, yeah I'll I'm not going to review Destiny uh, the first week just because I don't want to review it until I've played the raid just like, like, I, like I normally do and the raid comes out on the September 14th so it'll be a couple weeks um, a couple podcasts or two podcasts so um, but so we'll, we'll get into that but there'll be definitely be a lot of Destiny 2 Forsaken talk um, again with the podcast releasing on Tuesday when you're listening to this um, more than likely if you're listening to this I'm streaming the game <laughs> um, and so it's, it goes live at 1pm on Tuesday afternoon Eastern time um, and I'll be streaming most of the day Tuesday probably the entire day Wednesday and I'm home Friday and Saturday so if I'm playing the game I'll be streaming the game uh, I have been trying to work with a webcam and stuff like that on the streams to make them look a little a little different and just yeah I th- you guys sometimes you guys are asking for face cams and stuff like that to break it up a little bit so you can see like our reactions or my reactions so I'm trying to see if my PC is strong enough so but uh got a pretty loaded show next week as well so appreciate it you guys got anything else mm, no send me your no. spidey spider-man screenshots send me them all at the first mjc <laughs> yeah. cc josh on all of them anything spoiler just send it to josh no just yeah. send josh that's, wrestling that's clips. a quick way to get blocked <laughs> that's a real yeah. quick way keep, to get blocked. keep sending josh uh, wrestling clips little like one minute clips we'll make Stephen him a fan amel had his first one-on-one match this weekend <laughs> that is insanity yeah. and yeah that's still not getting me into it Damn but it. that is insanity that he fucking did that's that his third wrestling match but his first <laughs> one-on-one crazy He's actually right, pretty gosh. decent, but okay. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Sp- Spider-Man's a 10. Fight me. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>